I guess we start. <laughs> it's your it's your deal. <laughs> sort, of, sort of looking at uh, clay clay dragons and go, oh, yeah, still in one piece. It's good. Still all together. They still have their the yeah, horns. So are we. Those are. It's good. We're all, we're all still all in one piece too. That's good. COVID uh, aside, we're all in one piece generally. Mm. Yeah, good for us. We're like these clay dragons that are in front of us. <laughs> and thank you it. to everyone who made us uh, sculptures in the past. Uh, they decorate the desk, and we are uh, very grateful. Yes, we are. And sometimes you see their heads slightly move and go, no, haunted. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby, and I have a question, David. Oh, you're starting off real fast. Okay, yeah, yeah. Got a question. We, I don't know if you just started with that or with our Yip Yap just a second yeah, ago yeah, or sure, what sure. have you. Uh, I've never seen an Annabelle movie. You've never seen an Annabelle no, no, movie? No, no, uh, So here's my question. How did you see The Conjuring? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. The any first of that. appearance of Annabelle no, I have in the movie. No, I have okay. seen a ra- I used to uh, have a raggedy uh, Ann doll. Uh, which is uh, the first appearance of Annabelle because she was a Raggedy Ann doll. I haven't seen the most recent one, which I heard is the best one. The best uh, Raggedy Ann doll? Best, not Raggedy Ann doll. I haven't seen the most recent Annabelle. Okay. Which I heard is better than the previous Annabelle's. You have also done the VR of Annabelle. That's true. That's right, true. So I've you've been that. in the Annabelle universe. I've been in the Annabelle and the Nun universe. Yes. Very good. I guess okay. I've been in the Conjuring universe, in fact. All right. Very good. Uh, so here's my question about Annabelle. Uh, mm-hmm. When she, uh, I guess, you know, uh, moves around. Yeah. Okay. Does she move a, a body part of, or, or does she, is it always like she's the same uh, st- position, but she's now over here? Or does she ever move her That head? would be best. And I think in the first one, it's kind of like that, that she moves around, but when you're looking, she's not moving around. Okay. So she's like mysteriously, like, say you went, oh, this doll's freaking me out, and you throw it in the garbage can. Yeah. And then you come back into your house, and there's Annabelle sitting in a chair. Okay. That's, it, that's scary. But it wouldn't be like you throw the doll into the garbage can... And then you look down, and you know you threw her like head down, and now her head's looking up at you. Oh, could be that. Oh, could that'd be, be that. good. That'd All be right. good too. But, but I just, I just wondered if she did the creepy doll head moving uh, business. Because uh, I've been, I've yeah. been in a room full of dolls, and that's what you keep checking for: is the heads turning. <laughs> Not so much the doll teleporting. Yeah, yeah. And now, like, it's next to me, looking at me, which would be. I yeah. don't think it teleports. I just think it moves of its own real quickly. Yeah, it just can run or whatever. Do you think it? Yeah. Do you think it runs? Like here's the well, thing. That's, like, a, that's that's a problem, right? Like if that's you, a Mike Myers problem. Mike Myers problem. Yeah, in Halloween, it's like if you if you oh. if you consider what he's really doing. Yeah. Because it's always like you see Mike Myers, then you look away for a second, look right back, and he's gone. Yeah. You'd have to be going hoo hoo and like you know doing a little <laughs> dash, right? Like yeah. if you actually saw him, you were not yeah. looking from that perspective. Yeah. It would look like stupid. He just looked like like a real goof. Yeah. Like yeah. scuddling around. <laughs> all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like she would yeah. look like a scuddling. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say. That's a problem with the later versions. Like I think particularly the second one. There is like some scenes where she's moving around in in a bedroom, and it's like it's just like a marionette is moving around. Like oh. you're like, well, it's a marionette. What, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, marionettes are scary on their own. I guess they're you not know? scary. They're a marionette? Just, yeah, mm, it's kind of scary. I mean, it's not none of it's very scary in my opinion. But I find I found it freakiest in the first one. I thought The Conjuring because it's a very it's just a short story that's sort of a taster. Okay. Before the movie starts, it's kind of like the the Dubik scene in, in The Serious Man. I think that's what it's called. Anyway, yeah. 
with the, the which has nothing at all to do with the movie. No, but kind of gives you like a taster before the film starts, and that's kind of what wakes you up. Yeah, that's what kind of what Annabelle is in in the original Conjuring. It's just like it's kind of a freaky story before the freaky story starts. Yeah, you want to say like if you, you're going into a serious man. Yeah, you just say if if the person legitimately has not ever seen the movie, and yeah. doesn't know what's coming. Yeah, just go like. Okay, I'm going to give you a hundred dollars. Yeah, if you can guess either the beginning or the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what you think the last scene of this movie is. Yeah, tell yeah. me what you think the beginning of this movie is. And uh, either of those, one hundred dollars. I love that movie. And by that I mean a thousand dollars. By that I mean ten thousand dollars. You will not get. Guess what it is? Yeah, that's a good movie. Seriously, <laughs> it's seriously a good movie. Um, yeah, no, I think if you. Well, it's always a, it's always a problem in horror that if you you show too much or it's too detailed, it's ridiculous. Okay, you know what I mean. Like there's like if you saw like the actual alien walking around, like if they did like a, a like a kind of CGI version of like an alien walking around, it would look kind of silly. It's really skinny. It's got this big giant bobbly head. Yeah, like it would it would just look weird. Like it's scary in bits and pieces, but it's not that scary all all in. Yeah, if you saw it doing regular stuff. I shouldn't say it's not scary. I mean, it's still freaky looking and stuff, but it's just something slightly ridiculous. Like, about you it. never see the alien mother cleaning the babies or something like, you know, and they sure. probably would to a degree. You know, like pick the baby up, scrape whatever off, you know, and then just like, you know, and the babies. And like, but there's, the no, baby ba- there's no babies, though. What's that? There's no babies. Well, they burst out of the chest. Yeah, oh, I see what you mean. So then she's looking after them. She's looking after, after them afterwards. I thought like they a- just had, I think they're just like. Any kind of oh, so it's like instant, like yeah, they're just on their own. Oh, okay. They don't go back to mum because otherwise, that alien on the ship would be toast. Okay. Do aliens? Uh, what do aliens eat? What do you mean? What do they eat? What do they eat? That's my, well. well what, the, what part of that question? And a spaceship like, people? Do they? Yeah. Do they? Like that's the thing. You say that. Oh, that's but, like, true. They but they don't, like their bodies them, are they? still there. They never like consume the bodies. Yeah, that's true. They're like, cocooning them and they're using them as as a as a thing to grow more uh, right and, they, and they'll mur- and they'll murder them because they're in their way and they're a danger yeah but like what do they eat and like if they eat what do they poop do they poop <laughs> yeah, so if you caught like an alien yeah. like just in a corner doing little you know uh, letting little spheres out little yeah. black spoon pew, pew, yeah yeah or whatever but you know that'd be something or if you just see an alien like having a snack sure or maybe they're vegetarian maybe they don't eat maybe, oh, they're, maybe they're perfect maybe they're like a mayfly oh maybe and they're just like they just uh, you know grow develop find some place to lay more eggs and then they die and and where do you get the queen like who did like once a queen dies does another alien immediately that doesn't make any sense because become the queen because in the in the here's the thing you can't you can't think about that because if you do then the first movie doesn't make any sense why is that well because in the scene is cut out of the film so you can kind of get around it but there was a scene there was a scene shot and filmed of the character's cocooned to be to have the eggs put in them mm-hmm. like the characters like Yafet Kodo and all the rest of them and now I'm trying to think of who else was in it Harry Dean Stanton and what was the lady's name um uh, yeah I'll, I'll, Charity Weaver John Hurt uh well sure. John Hurt was dead he had oh, but that, stomach, oh, I don't know what point. chest exploded oh, I meant because there was like a bunch of the characters that got captured or whatever okay. they're like they were cocooned together ah. and and Sigourney we- and so Ripley comes upon them and then and they're like, help me. And then she can't help them because, you know, they're full of eggs. Right. You don't want to be helping that. Okay. I'll bring in the spaceship with me. Let's go. Yeah. So 
Yeah, really, it's kind of, it's one of those things, like, if you start thinking about it, obviously, like, I have never have. I've just watched those movies and been like, wee. But if you, like, think about it, you're like, yeah, how do the, all the eggs get spread around? Like, who's doing that? Does the alien, like, wait? And as the eggs pop out of these people, like, he goes and, like, puts the these leathery pods out, down on the ground so that some unsuspecting sucker will come along and look into it like an idiot? Yeah, there's been infinite alien movies. You think they'd cover that base? Like, you know, I think they mentioned like yeah, because I mean they do mention the queen in the second one, but it kind of like I say, it sort of just removes the whole point Is there of a like queen in any of the other ones. I don't think so. Like in the third one, the prison one. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, fourth one, that's the one. Uh, that's the Joss Whedon written one. Uh, with that the has aliens. a big giant giant baby alien. Yeah, that's, that's a uh, weird looking thing. <laughs> yeah, it did not uh, work out real good. And uh, oh boy, I should remember that one. Whenever I have to guess what a Nona Ryder movie is, she's in that one as the, mm-hmm. uh, as, the as the robot. I know she's an android. I know there's a difference. <laughs> is there? Are they part human? What's no, the difference? No, that's a cyborg. Uh, an android. There's uh, is like looks like a human. Yeah, there's. A, I think there's some other reasons why okay. it's not. Okay. Uh, I think a robot. I don't know if a robot can have free will. Oh boy, this is a big question. Anyway, we can get into that. Uh, and Android's uh, name is Andy. Yeah, and like a robot's raggedy, name is Rob. Raggedy Android. Robert the robot and Andy the Android. Yeah. That's raggedy, obviously Raggedy Android would actually be a very scary <laughs> thing. That'd be scarier than Annabelle. If you say what so. What if you find? What if you find out like in a later Annabelle movie? You know, someone just catches her, opens her up, and like it's a fucking robot. And like, mm. did anyone look inside? There's gears <laughs> and shit. This is a robot. Sure. But then it wouldn't be a horror movie. It'd be a science fiction movie. Yeah, and then they all go, this isn't a horror movie. This is a science fiction movie. It's like, oh. <laughs> oh, it's how also do you, scary how do, you, how do you win a, in, a, in a science fiction movie? It's like, I don't know, make some sequels. How do you win, some, did you say? Yeah, how do you win? In a, like, you can't win in a horror movie, really. It's hard. You know, but like, because <laughs> well, you want to have One that. person will win. Well, that's a science fiction movie, too, usually. That's, uh, you know. Only one person left? Yeah, that's a, well, okay, what do you count in uh, now? Let's, what do you count in Alien? Is that a horror movie? That's a horror that, movie. Yeah. Or a science a fiction movie. movie. Sure. It's, it is a horror movie. Okay. But if Annabelle is not, a, you know, supernatural, then, then it's just a How science fiction aliens? movie. Horror movie. It's an action movie. Action movie. Yeah. It's not that but scary. Alien 3. Uh, disaster. Okay. <laughs> it's a also disaster. kind of a prison movie. A disappointment. That's what that movie is. Yeah. After Aliens? And when that, you heard Alien 3 was coming out, you were super excited. You know? You're like, oh, that'd be awesome. It's going to be Ripley. It's going to be uh, Newt. It's going to be... Yeah, all your guy, favorites. Michael All Bean's your favorites character. are back. Yeah. Yeah, let's check in on them. Really? Oh, you killed them okay, kill right, kill right off the, the bat. Okay, well, they're going to learn this lesson that people don't like this for Terminator 3. <laughs> what? Oh, that's dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb, dumb. <laughs> yep. It's like, it's like if you started off uh, Return of the Jedi... Mm-hmm. And like you know, uh, they they show up at Jabba's palace, and uh, and uh, and he goes, "Oh yeah, Han died. Mm. He died off uh, camera uh, during this amount of time. <laughs> yeah, it turns out you can't put a guy in uh, lead and keep him in there for a long period of time. But there's lights on it. Yeah, there's some glowy Christmas lights on it. But he's dead. Oh, anyway, he's dead. Mm. So there they are. I mean, as far as the movie goes, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> As his character development went, he was might as well have just been a mannequin there pushing around. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's a fair point. I think he even mentioned that. I believe Harrison Ford said, "What am I doing here? I have no, there's no character, nothing for me to do." That would be interesting. He, he, finished, if they just, he finished the story in the second movie. If they just kept dragging along, 
you know, the, <laughs> the, fourth, the, the fourth film. Yeah, in in the metal. And then every so often you can hear him inside there. And it's just like, Han, what do you think? Should we go this way? Knock once for yes, yeah. twice for no. Clang. <laughs> As if he had room to move his hand. Yeah, did you, and you just keep using. Just the idea that he's he's awake and conscious inside that thing, too. Well, you it's know. all squished up. I mean, listen, I'm not going to make fun of anyone for weight gain. But, like, you know, he does gain a few pounds in there. So, mm-hmm. so you know, it's conceivable he could lose a few pounds. Sure, sure. You know, and if if so, then you got a little wiggle room there to do a little uh, knocking on the inside of the thing. Kling. They just, they knock Kling. on it. They're like, they, are you okay in there, Han? And then you just hear like a, I'm folded. What did he say? What He said, I'm folded. <laughs> Only I can imagine him being inside that oh, thing. Oh, it's awful. He's folded. How could he be alive? You're right. It's thin. It's not the size of a person, is I know, it? No, and, and it's also it's wrapped around individual teeth. That's the thing that disturbs me so much is when you see his face and it's just like, oh, the metal's like around his teeth, like yeah. like around it, like it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's so cold. It's around his teeth. It's, it's, it's that can't be good. <laughs> nope, turns it's like out right not. on his tongue. It's terrible. Right on his it's tongue. terrible for you and for your movies. Yeah, like I wonder, like that. There is a thing you could do with that device of like you know carbonite freezing. And then, like, take a character from, you know, Star Wars in the past mm-hmm. and then thaw them out in the future. You basically got, like, a suspended animation chamber there. Yeah. So you could. If there's a character that you really like from, like, old-timey Star Wars, yeah, bring them back to, you know, modern-day Star Wars if you feel like it. You know, just have them. They were carbonated the whole time. Was everyone thawed out? Probably not. You know, I know you don't, I know you don't like Temple of Doom. I don't. But, but I do. So I would consider that a successful second film. But how many successful second movies are there really? Like Godfather. Godfather 2 is great. I mean... The, Superman 2. Yeah, that's a good one. But that's an interesting thing, though, because both those Spider-Man films... Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 is good. But both those films were filmed simultaneously. Yeah. With the... With the with with the uh, not entirely, but a lot of the material, like the Robert De Niro stuff was all filmed... I'm going to keep naming them. X-Men 2. X-Men 2 is probably one of the best of... Uh... You think X-Men 2 is good? Yeah, I think so. Isn't that the one that ends with Phoenix? No. Dead or whatever? Well, dead, yeah. So that's like dramatic. and like, But she might still be alive. But starts with Nightcrawler in the White House, which yeah, is one of the best yeah, X-Men that's a, things. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. And yeah, it's got right. Brian Cox, Brian Coxing yeah, yeah. around. That's right. Okay, maybe, maybe... I missed... Yeah, you're just thinking to yourself, I wonder how often like... Because, you know, like, obviously... Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's good. That's way, the best way, of the Captain America movies. Way better than sure. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a really good film. It's not perfect, but it's good. No, I should. You know what? It actually is pretty good. It actually is not perfect, obviously, but really good movie. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, you can, I'm sure you get a name more. Okay. <laughs> this feels like so often like the second film. People don't really know what to do with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cube Two. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I don't know. It. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's not. They explain too much, and the okay. first one is great because they don't explain, and then the second one they get explaining. It's mm, like no, mm. they don't don't want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that Ginger Snaps two movie. No, no good. Now I'm going Canadian films. <laughs> it's all Canadian. Yeah. What about Pontypool two? I have not. I have not actually seen Pontypool, and I know I should. You should. It's not like super. No, no, super no, no, no. Scary. I've heard. I, I know generally what it is, and I like the mm-hmm. concept a lot. Yeah. I listened to the commentary track to it with the uh, with the writer and the director. What was interesting was they did, spent most of their time discussing the, the their proposed sequel that they wanted to do, <laughs> and that's kind of interesting too because they say in there like like after this has happened, it's the language had like a physical effect, and so like dogs don't exist anymore because that word is gone from the language. Mm-hmm. 
which was I thought was a really kind of interesting concept. This idea of like things like the reality being molded by by this weird thing that happened, this word virus. It's kind of an interesting concept. Well, if they're going to do a sequel, I mean, we live in a world now with streaming, and it's like mm. get on CBC Gem mm-hmm. and do your. St- Stephen McHattie's not doing anything. You can still come back and play the DJ guy. Everyone, everything you can do it. You can t- <laughs> take your movie, make it a TV show, and then spread it out, and it's fine. And and just have some fun with it. I mean, I, I, they were able to do it with uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead. You know, yeah, but you it wasn't it wasn't perfect as you said. No, no, it's not perfect, and it's not super scary because it's hard to stretch scares out over a, over extended period of time. Right. I feel like of all the scary things I've watched that are stretched out that. The Haunting of the Hill, uh, Haunting of Hill House comes the closest to being consistently scary through, okay. through the, and maybe that's because it's children in danger through a lot of it, even though you see them as adults and, and they're screwed up, but they're alive. So you're not like, oh, they're going to die. But at the same time, you're like, oh, this is <laughs> scary because it's a kid. So you you feel that fear that you'd feel as a kid experiencing that, you know, but I think that's scarier. What ha- if something ha- bad's happening to children, it's always worse than adults. I think most people would feel that way. Let's they had it. one of the they had one of the best kills in Ash versus well two, well two of the, two of the best kills in Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, that are like I would put them right up with the movies. <laughs> one was uh, it was like a high school student who gets killed with a harp and, and basically gets just sliced with a harp. Okay, and and just you know like a deck of cards falls apart. Like okay, pretty good. I mean that it doesn't bring a bell. I didn't see all of the final seasons. So. Understood. And then there was there was one where it was a kid that was possessed. Okay. And Ash just like picks him up and throws him into a ceiling fan. And it was like, what the hell? I, I like, remember that one. Just shocking as hell. Like, well, you can't kill him because he's a kid. Yeah. Can you yoink, toss, slice. <laughs> like, what the shit? Like, if that was in a movie theater, everyone would just have been screaming at that. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. do not throw a kid into a ceiling fan. Yet he did, and it worked. <laughs> Yes, it's hard to go that big. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Midnight Mass? Was that uh, scary throughout? No, it's not scary. Okay, I found it. It's to me, it's more. It's a very moving, frustrating, moving uh, thing. It's like I, I would say very emotional. Without you know saying anything about what it was and what happens in it, uh, there were some scenes in the Twin Peaks uh, uh, redo, the third season, that were legitimately scary. The black and white episode. There were some really creepy things that happened in that one. I remember being scared. I don't know if it's scared. I mean, you're not probably going to be scared. scared yeah, yeah. But as in in terms of Creep, like, well, that's good, creepy, th- horror-y. Yeah, thing. yeah. I guess the 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 woodsman. And again, if you were totally. seeing that in a theater, you, mm-hmm. people would be guys. Ah, who's a? Yeah. They'd also be like, "How long is this movie? Nineteen hours." <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I'm in. More popcorn, please. <laughs> oh wait, no coffee. Give me coffee. Yes. I was nodding. That's not a and good... some cherry nibs. Bad podcasting. <laughs> cherry nibs? Yeah, because you can't get a cherry pie in a theater, but you can get some cherry nibs. Mm. That's mm. probably the closest okay, you Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't get a donut. Can't get a donut in a theater? I don't think you can get a donut in a theater. Probably right. You can get ice cream now, though. That's weird. Yeah, I think... Like, weren't you always able to get ice cream? No. Like, ice cream seems... Mm, okay. Feels... When we were younger, it wasn't available. Like, you couldn't... Okay. It would have made sense if they'd sold like, the little... 
ones with a wooden spoon that you just kind of yeah, scoop yeah, from yeah. a cup, but they didn't. I mean, they always had hot dogs, which seemed like a terrible idea to me. Like, it was just like, <laughs> what's a messier food? You know, you got to have food mm. that you can clean up. Like, if you spill yeah. popcorn on yourself, brush it off. Then you're fine. Yeah. Besides the, the dots of butter you've left all over yourself. Yeah, that's you fine. got that. That's fine. <laughs> live, live your life. But like a hot dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you eat it carefully, I hope. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can do. I That's think even true. if you eat a hot dog carefully, you're still in danger of sure. your relish. I mean, what's messier than relish? You know, then mustard. That's the stainiest thing there well, why, is. Why would you think that? And the, then ketchup. Yeah, I guess. Do you think just because relish squeezes out? Or why is relish so messy? I mean, relish, when you bite into it, yeah. it's it's shattered pickles. Like, mm. you, you know, just, they would just scatter. <laughs> Oh, that's my phone. That's the Ian was right bell. <laughs> it certainly is. Let yeah, me just... it's like you've put three of the messiest my... foods possible onto a wiener, onto a, onto a slick wiener. Oh, say what? And then you're trying your best to uh, eat it in a dark space. Yeah. You know, while occasionally laughing or being startled. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, and then you probably get like two napkins, like two little dainty, flimsy napkins that yeah, can't yeah. contain any. Sure, of sure. No, I mean, I'm more. I'm more repulsed when people get. I don't. I guess I'm used to it now. I don't mind popcorn. I don't mind the smell of popcorn. I don't mind at a movie theater. My movie theater. That'd be really rough for you. If really popcorn would. bothered you. But at I hate. Theater. I hate when people are eating hamburgers and stuff around me. Or I just don't like the smell of other kinds of foods in the theater. I find okay. it. I find it very kind of disgusting. Actually, and that's just me. I that's have had. Fun. And saying that, I've I've had a hamburger. Or not. You've yeah. had hamburgers before movies. I've had hamburgers before movies. I don't think I've had a hamburger in a movie theater. I remember once I ate a Whopper at a movie theater, and that was a bad idea. <laughs> it's also messy. It is the messiest. <laughs> it's messier it's than a hot dog. Fall- no. <laughs> I just said it's the messiest. You know what? It's got a wrapper around it that like yeah. contains multitudes, as you know, poets have said. You hope. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just too much. It was like there's no way of containing all this. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Bananas. Also, you're just kind of sitting in your own whopperness afterwards. <laughs> right? Like you got well, the I don't know. You're, whopper you're, flavor in your mouth and kind of onion like You don't like a Whopper? I do. I love a Whopper. But I don't want to like well, why, taste it. Why don't you? you I don't want to taste it an hour later in my mouth because I'm sitting in the theater and I can't. Well, I'm sure you've got a drink. You're gonna I guess drink, have a drink. Have your drink and I guess the so. flavor will go away. Maybe. It'll be okay. Maybe. I, that's an interesting concern coming from you is that the hamburger <laughs> flavor is still in your mouth an, an hour later. Yeah, and I don't want to disturb you. I don't want to sit in it. Well, you're not sitting in it. You're sitting in, your in the mouth. You're sitting in the water. It's the opposite flavor. end. It's in your mouth, not on your butt. <laughs> sitting in it. I just mean, I said, I'm going to have to like taste it for an hour after. I mean, I like hamburgers, but why? You know, like fast <laughs> That's food. Interesting, yeah. Fast food has its own kind of curious flavor that, you know. Okay. Which is fun when you get first fr- eat it. Get some fries. It'll clear you out. Then. Oh, fries. And you get all greasy. Ugh. You're having popcorn. <laughs> Yeah. Popcorn is proper. Pro- popcorn is a proper food for a movie theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if your if your concern is grease, then uh-huh. uh, it's it. Then your concern wasn't grease in the first place. That wasn't. I don't find popcorn that greasy. I don't find that popcorn that greasy. Do you have butter on? Yeah. Well, it's, well that's grease. I, <laughs> yeah, but it's not like it's, it's not greasy. It's, it's not greased. But it's not like it's not like dipped in grease like fries are. No, it's poured. The grease is poured on. Yeah, it's, it's not poured dipped on it. in. It's much it's more poured on. But top it's much more of. delicate. It's a delicate. That's no difference at all. <laughs> this golf ball isn't dipped in oil. It had oil poured on it. Yeah, What's your problem? It's different. Yeah, it's totally it's different. It's not soaked in oil the way the fries are. It's you know, it's just kind of stuff's poured on it. And but, by the way, it's only poured on like the first inch of your popcorn. 
After that, you, you, your hands naturally clean themselves off the rest of the popcorn. In fact, you're enjoying the fact that your fingers are greasy because at so least... you don't get layered pop, uh, butter? But even if you do, it's an ah, inch. Ah, you do. It's an inch. This is all bullshit. It's an inch for four inches and then another <laughs> inch for another four inches. Okay. Well, here's the thing with the fries. Yeah. Yes, you cook the fries in oil. Yeah. Then you take them out. Yeah. And you put them off to the side. Sure. And the the oil goes away a little bit. There's some drainage of the oil. It's yeah, not yeah. still dripping in oil uh, when you have your fries. I'm just this against us. I'll think of any excuse to not eat fries in a hamburger at a theater. It's a shame because it feels like French fries. <laughs> that's your that's a that's a good food for uh, movie theaters. It's quiet. Well, how come the New York fries didn't last at the movie theaters? Because who wants New York fries? Like when you when you hear like <laughs> what hey, New what's York New fries? York famous for? <laughs> They're delicious fries. Yeah. No. Well, New York hot dogs. Yeah. Hot sure. dog. New York hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Maybe. But I prefer Chicago dog. But fine. Yeah. But like when you think like oh the best fries hey, in the world, my friend. I want New York City. <laughs> I want my fries from New York, and I want my pizza from Boston. Everyone knows that. Sure. Just, That's the- right. That's what everyone says is like the best <laughs> pizza in the world. Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Home, covered in beans. Home of the pilgrims. Yep. They <laughs> covered in beans. They know what they want. But I, I uh, my neighbor, I'm looking after their uh, cat right now. Okay. And uh, they're in Chicago and they ask like, what do you, what do you want from Chicago? I'll yeah. get you something. So, uh, uh, so I thought like, if you can find that neon relish oh. from a Chicago dog. Yeah, yeah. Find me some of that. And mm. then uh, if you can't, if you're allowed to bring it back, I don't know if you can. Yeah. Uh, then that. But why, if not, why, would, why would you not be allowed to bring it back? Uh, liquidy? Maybe it's food? Maybe oh, it's some problems? Okay. Oh, okay. You make a bomb out of it on the plane? <laughs> could you just wrap it in socks and put it in your luggage? You could, and then you get caught, and then you can't cross the border because you try to smuggle relish like a fool, like <laughs> this... a goddamn fool. Wait, wait, wait. It's not, you're not smuggling. You're just keeping it safe from and from. Being and then refused. they go, sir, 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 yeah. you're not allowed to have this relish. <laughs> wait, uh, Why were you trying okay. to hide your relish? I assume from what you're saying that it was a problem with bringing liquid on the planes. Yeah, that's but you're so. telling me now that it, there's a problem with bringing relish across the border. Well, I'm saying that there's enough liquid in relish. Yeah, that maybe that's a problem. I don't know. But if you had liquid, like if you have shampoo and you put it in your your luggage and it goes on in, into the luggage hold, they don't okay. care about that. Yeah. They just don't want you bringing like bottles of liquid what, onto the plane, I right? I don't know what crazy world we live in right now. <laughs> okay, I have no idea. I know my wife. Uh, this feels like you've probably missed a lot of chances to bring relish home. My wife was was given like some uh, kind of bacon that was like amazing, amazing bacon burger okay. in like Germany. Yeah, and uh, and we're like, uh, we got to report this at the border because you know, got it. So we uh, so we so reported at customs and say like, we got this bacon, but it's cured. It's this, that, and that. Are we allowed to have it? And uh, and uh, he went well. You gotta you gotta go over to this window, and so we go over to that window, and then the guy turns out to be a fan of Pia's, which is nice. Like, oh, I love your work. Like, oh, that's really nice. How about the bacon? No, and so <laughs> just takes the bacon away, and we say goodbye to the bacon because it's such beautiful bacon. And I'm like, I wonder if he gets the bacon. This was getting on the plane. Yeah. Oh, they're getting off the plane, and we're like, we're, we're arriving in Vancouver, oh, and we're yeah. declaring what we have. Oh, okay. So okay. we're giving the guy uh, in Vancouver. Uh, the bacon. So I'm like, okay, either one or two he's things. He's taking that home. Well, that's the thing. One, one, he's taking it home. Yeah. Or two, he's incinerating it. Yeah. And like, it's going to smell great. <laughs> either, one of those two things. Either cases. Happen. I didn't realize that it was, uh, you couldn't bring bacon across the Can't bring meat. Nope. Can't bring meat. Nope. Can't bring meat from another land. Oh. Nope. 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 Try to bring a steak. No. No, sir. And I don't think you can bring fruit. Pretty no, sure I know you can't, can't bring, bring fruit. fruit. 
Which is because otherwise I would just like anytime I was in Spain, I'd load up on oranges <laughs> and I'd just like throw my fucking clothes in the garbage mm. and just load the bags with oranges and just come <laughs> home. I'll buy new pants. I don't give a shit. <laughs> These oranges are gold. You love them. So is that good. the Valencia? Oh, so good. Or Valencia? Yeah. Unbelievable. Valencia? Unbelievably um, good oranges. Hmm. Yeah, I guess they're worried about uh, trans- transporting uh, bad bad diseases well remember the first thing that you always saw when you crossed the border into i guess blaine or whatever the the first yep is uh apple maggot quarantine sure quarantine yeah that was the first thing we don't want those where i don't know where they are because when i think yeah when i think blaine now i think apple maggots it's even at uh, state lines like uh, if you go from california to oregon there's a there's a, a fruit blockade there okay like a place where they're like don't bring fruit past this point makes sense get rid of your fruit you're like, oh, I guess we should get rid of our fruit. So you make it into a hat. <laughs> I mean, Hi-yay! I guess about Woo! 10, 15 years ago or so, uh, a a hazelnut blight went through here and it killed all the hazelnut trees. So we lost all of our hazelnut growing mm. in one fell swoop. It's They're back. I guess they created a tree that was, that was or created like a high, some sort of hybrid or some sort of genetically modified hazelnut tree that is resistant to the blight. So I've seen, I've seen hazelnut growers have new trees in their okay, good. properties but yeah for a while there i'm very pro hazelnut so i'm glad to hear that me too very fond memories of hazelnuts my, my grandfather had a hazelnut tree in the yard i've told the story in the show before but it's fine you can tell a hazelnut story twice hazelnut stories are great well he just kept a little brown paper bag always in his basement that had hazelnuts in it and so when we went over it was a huge treat he would get a hazelnut put it into the vice and then squeeze the vice on it to crack the shell and then give us the uh, the, the fruit inside. Oh, nice. This is, this is a wonderful moment. Yeah. Shit, that was also how he'd kill chickens. So that was, uh, <laughs> not as good. Yeah, I know. Hey, you want a nice chicken dinner? No, hazelnuts, please. <laughs> All right, done. Did not have chickens. By the way, how are your chickens doing? Fine. Fine, really good. Uh, I don't think they're laying right now. I did find some eggs from them, but uh, I'm not, I wasn't sure how old they were. And so I'm, if I use them, I have to put them in the water to yeah, test them. Yeah, the water, them. yeah. But I noticed one I used, it went like sort of, didn't lay, it didn't float to the top, but it kind of went upright. And I was like, ah, I'm sure that's fine, but it didn't taste very good. It tasted mm. a little off. So. Okay. So I mean, I don't know. Not worth the risk. Now I'm scared. Now I'm scared of the rest of them. Because I'd eaten like six or seven and they're fine. And it's then... rotating counterclockwise. That's not good. <laughs> is that, is that also it won't idea? stop. It won't stop doing that. <laughs> it's Annabelle. Yeah. Annabelle's inside that egg. So yeah, it was. But yeah, they're they're good. They're happy. Okay, so back. They to, really like the bird feeders in the backyard. They just spend all their time hanging around there. Oh, do they wait for drop off? And then yeah, because the yeah, birds yeah. will like they'll have they have millet in in, yeah. in the in the feed because that then that goes down for the ground birds. So then the juncos and stuff like to eat off the off the ground. I had millet for the first time a couple of days ago. Really? I didn't yeah, I made uh, some pancakes that had millet okay. as one of the ingredients. So it was like a seed? Was it like a hard seed in it? That you could, was it crunchy or was it, it like was a millet gra- flour? It was ground. Oh, it was a millet flour. Yeah. It's good. Why did you use millet? Because uh, the recipe said use millet. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I listened to the recipe. I, well, it makes sense. But I'm just wondering what, what's the difference between like wheat flour and millet flour that makes one preferable to the Maybe other? Maybe it's healthier. I know that the point of this uh, pancake was it's a healthy adult pancake. I see. That will give you the protein you need mm-hmm. and will give you the fiber you need. Sure. And will almost taste as good as a pancake. And now cover it with syrup. Yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> as much as you can. Syrup, syrup it up. <laughs> Do your best. Cover, cover, cover your sins. Yeah, but it was, it was all right. That's fair. It's fine. I'm not a pancake guy. Waffle man? I love waffles. 
I find pancakes soak up this You too make much. interesting choices. Why do you say that? Well, all these food choices that you've been stating through this whole thing. <laughs> it's just like you're pro hot dog, you're anti hamburger, you're pro I'm popcorn. I'm pro hamburger. It's too greasy. Or like it's, it's just, French fries are too I'm greasy. I'm just not into but, uh, eating the it in the theater. It's a good thing. It's just like, you know, I don't, I like a hamburger, but I don't want the taste in my mouth like yeah. a second later. It's just like, <laughs> no, said, get it later. out of my mouth. Get the <laughs> scope my mouth. You're really misquoting me here. And this so is on. terrible. But you prefer like a, a nice waffle. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you prefer uh, um, a formerly Aunt Jemima syrup uh, or, or do you prefer a maple syrup? I prefer Aunt Jemima syrup. A formerly Aunt Jemima What's syrup. What's it called now? The Pearl something marketing conglomerate <laughs> corporation syrup. Uh, well, something. Whatever. Pearl something. The equivalent of, I'll buy Mrs. Butterworth from now on then. Oh, they uh, didn't. She's they didn't the give Hazel up. Smith constabulatory, <laughs> uh, reductive consortium, pharmaceutical consortium. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. that's right. Uh, yeah, I I prefer that. I don't like maple syrup that much. Yeah, I think it's overrated. I use it more in cooking than I do when I'm making something like pancakes. Mm. You know, you, you go like, well, you're supposed to use the maple syrup on the pancakes. And then you go, oh, I could use the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, I don't like like donuts that have maple maple flavoring. I don't like that. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that. I don't mind that. Yeah, no. What's no. your donut of choice? Apple fritter. Oh, wow. Okay. We're very different on that. I don't care for an apple fritter. Really? It's fine. If it's there. Yeah. If it's the last thing there. I'll Maybe that's why it. I like it. Because I don't have to fight people for it, but uh, and it I, soaked up the grease uh, of the other donuts because all the other donuts <laughs> were there before it. You know, it, it, um, yeah, it's funny because now I think there's like four other guys at work who love apple fritters, so oh, all bets are off. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm well, done, they done must so. be happy you're on the Lent thing. <laughs> yes, that's right. There's no fight. Yeah, no fighting with me for it. How's your How's your Lenting doing? It's all right. Have you relented to Lent? I hate it. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's fine. I like. It's not that I overly like sugar, but I overly like sugar. I made a comparison uh, the last, uh, you know, uh, two and some odd uh, years of the pandemic. To me, as a former Catholic, we're like uh, mandatory uh, Lent. Mm. And it's just like, we're just going to take just a bunch of random shit away from you. We're going to yeah. take away this. We're going to take away that. We're going to take away this. And it's like, yeah. So it feels weird to me. Like when Lent comes, it's just like, we're already doing it. What do you mean Lent? <laughs> Come on, come on! But it's a nice tradition that you've got. Well, I feel like it gives a shape to the season, and it sure. certainly, certainly makes you look forward to Easter. Yeah, I mean, there's so many uh, chocolate holidays that are floating out there that mm -hmm. you know you have uh, one that's like take it away. You earn it. You earn that chocolate holiday. Yeah. You know, when it comes yeah. along finally, and you can have some chocolate. You're like, yeah. Although I'm more looking forward to like a Slurpee, but okay. Do you still do the hot cross buns? Is that your uh, main uh, break fast? The problem uh, thing? with yeah, well, it should be hot cross buns. But the problem is, is that because uh, all tradition has gone out the window, and no one cares about anything anymore, and it's, the world's a nightmare and a chaotic mess. <laughs> sometimes we won't have Easter vigil, which is when you should have your hot cross buns after Easter vigil. Okay. Or we'll have Easter vigil, but everyone's like, "Well, it's Saturday. Let's get out of here and go home." Okay. And you're like, well, should we be having hot cross buns? Oh, no one brought hot cross buns. We had those Monday, Thursday. You don't have hot cross buns? Monday, Thursday? That's not the day for hot cross buns, sir. Or they'll have them after the Good Friday service. No. It's still bad times. Bad times are still happening. <laughs> you have Easter vigils when you celebrate. Good times, bad times. Yeah. No hot cross buns. Because Easter vigil is like 
welcoming in Easter. Like when sundown happens on Saturday night, that's Easter because you follow the Jewish calendar, right? And Jewish calendar is sun, sunset or sunrise to sunset. Right. Or the day, whatever the day is. So like Saturday. The thing of the Star of David buns, which has more frost on it. <laughs> lucky. The one lucky holiday for them. So yeah, the... Um, uh, yeah, that's what people say about uh, Jewish people in the uh, old timeies is like, uh, lucky. You guys are lucky. Look well, at all that I frosting. Just, <laughs> I, I just mean like, you know, the way the way Jewish people talk about like Hanukkah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's like a barrel of laughs. No. And there's not much, you, you don't get like a bunch of great gifts. presents or anything yeah. like that. So what I'm saying is that when, when it comes around that they get a bun with more icing, that's better. Yeah. It's better than us. Normally we can lord it over, you know, Jewish people and say, hey, we celebrate better. Quit, yeah, that's what we do. Quit suffering. That's what we do. <laughs> quit, yeah. quit suffering, you guys. And then they say, you know, there's yeah. donuts. What? And like, what? You know, that's like all frosting on the top. Have you ever <laughs> been to Krispy Kreme? Wait, what about tradition? And the weak That's ass, our tradition is the we go to Krispy Kreme. The weak ass uh, hot crust bun with little bits of, of uh, fake fruit in it that people either yeah. love or hate. Oh, people love the little tiny bit of fruit. I do, but... You know what? It makes it healthy because it's oh. fruit in it. Is that it is fruit? It's a, yeah. As fruity as a fruit roll-up. It almost is like fruit roll-up is chopped up and put into the hot cross bun. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's. But I love it in like a, that's why I love Christmas cake too. I love, uh, I love the bits of fruit in it. That's why it's so healthy, fruit cake. I don't care if it's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what no one makes and what's has that? made, or maybe they have? Yeah. Veg cake. Say like, what's that? What's right? Veg cake. Like you, if you oh, have zucchini, zucchini bread is kind of like a veg cake or carrot cake. I guess, I guess so. But I'm just thinking, like, if you did what you did to the fruit and fruit cake, but oh, to vegetables, yeah, to be and just like, would it taste any different at all? Would it would just be like, well, yeah, this yeah. Is, I mean, this if you candied them the way you do with yeah. the for the fruit, yeah, it would be fine. Like yeah. candied peas and stuff like that. Well, you should, oh, yeah, or definitely carrots. You got the, yeah, you got that carrot. right. Beets. Well, you can get candied carrots. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. So you get that, and you, or you make your own. Yeah. And then you make a nice veg cake. Yeah. And then everyone goes like, oh, healthy. <laughs> Much healthier. And, and you then you eat more. You just snicker up your sleeve. Even though it tastes the same, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because fruitcake, yeah. for, you know, whether you like it or whether you don't like it, yeah. it's very hard to make the argument that it tastes like fruit. It's been so much of the fruit stuff's in it. If I closed your eye, if you say, close your eyes, yeah. taste this fruitcake, what yeah. fruit's in this? Yeah, you know, you wouldn't. You'd be like, well, there's a lot of warm spices in this. A lot of clothes and whatever else. Yeah. I have no idea. I've never made it. My mom always makes it. So I don't bother. Because she has I've like a great recipe. Either. She has a great recipe. But she doesn't do like the whole, you know, soak it with brandy or whatever. They soak whiskey or whatever. And then you hang it from a string in your in your larder. She's never done that. <laughs> like she just makes it. First, rest. build a larder. <laughs> build a larder. Then she, she just, you know, cooks, makes it, and then she wraps it in tinfoil and puts it somewhere. I don't know where. Okay. Because it does have to age, I think. That's also part of it. This is one of those things where I would turn to, uh, you know, of course, we got a friend of the show, Louise Moon. Yeah. I would turn to her sister, Jackie. Okay. Uh, and I would ask, how do you make this? Yeah. How do you make the best one of these? Sure, sure. And then... Well, uh, I don't think you can make the best one of them. How could I make the best one that I could make? The best one is the one that your mom made for you. That's the best Christmas cake. Okay. Everyone would tell you that. Not everybody. But if you like Christmas cake, the best one that's you had was the, the one. That's the yeah. thing. And the uh, best cookies I'm you got s- were the ones your mom made for you. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. But uh, I would say your love of fruitcake. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, listen. Cl- clearly someone's buying them. So someone yeah, yeah. buys them either for liking them or for tradition. Yeah. But the stereotype is. Yes. Ugh, fruitcake. Yeah, I know. I never understood that. Right. 
it goes over my head that that particular joke. Okay. I'm like, what? What's wrong with fruitcake? I, I mean, my assumption is they tasted it. <laughs> it's good. Mm. <laughs> you don't like it? No, no, it's bad. It's bad. It's cake. not bad at all. It's a bad cake. I, I think it depends what you eat, though. Like, I have had bad fruitcake, but I like my mom's Christmas fruitcake. Good. Because I grew up eating it, so it's that's, the best fruitcake. That cake. is nice. I, <laughs> Just I, she made the no best. No desire. She made the best shortbread. No desire. She makes to the take best butter tarts. She makes best butter tarts, and she makes the best best Christmas. Have you ever made a butter tart? I have not. Me neither. Once again, I have a supply line with my mum. So when Christmas comes around, I make a point of visiting every you know more often than I normally yeah. do. And I've uh, made shortbread. I've made millionaire shortbread. What's billionaire shortbread? Millionaire shortbread is uh, shortbread um, with caramel. What's billionaire shortbread? Oh, I don't know what billionaire shortbread is. I don't know. No one gets to eat it. <laughs> you make it in a rocket shape, uh, shape and shoot it in the space. That's what you do. That makes sense. It's that got secrets. Sense. Deep, dark secrets. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I sometimes make oligarch uh, shortbread. That's pretty good. You just put that out to sea and then someone <laughs> takes it and goes like, no, you can't have this and they take it away. Um, but how do you put the caramel in? Is the caramel just like drizzled on top of the shortbread or is it incorporated? It's a layer of it. I have to look, but okay. I have made it. You have oh, made it. Boy, okay. Howdy. Yeah, I'm not, no, 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 not, you not got questioning me, you. Got me, I feel like I might be tell, talking some shit, I'm not but I know I have made millionaire shortbread. Okay. Okay. And again, I know that uh, because, you know, I have now invoked the name of uh, Jackie Moon. Uh, <laughs> now, if I'm wrong about now you're that, in trouble. then there's oh, there's so much hell to pay. Mm-hmm. And then there's shortbread. Uh, you were you were we were talking uh, before the podcast a little bit about yeah. the lottery. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, it's got like a layer of uh, caramel, and then it's got a layer of chocolate on top of it. I see. Yeah, layer of soft. Yeah, it goes like uh, shortbread, soft caramel, mm-hmm. and then a layer of chocolate. How was that when you made it? So fucking good. How could that not be good? <laughs> That's three amazing things together. So I know what good. you're saying, but, I'm, but I'm, you're telling me that I'm thinking to myself, "How oh, good is it?" Not be thinking, "Oh, I just only, I only want shortbread. I don't want anything else with it." Then just eat the shortbread. Just gnaw it off the bottom <laughs> like a little mouse. <laughs> okay. Knock yourself out, and then later on you'll go like, "You know what I like? I like caramel and I like chocolate." And then you have that, and then you're happy. The end. You're fine. Sure, sure. Sorry, we're going to ask you about... But I can't beat your mother's... Uh, no, of course not. That's fine. Thing. That's that's fine. Uh, we're talking about um, lotteries. And we're talking about people who won the lottery twice. And yeah. I brought up uh, that I've been to Smithers, B.C. Uh, shortly after, uh, there, there was two lottery winnings there. Yeah. And, and they were both won by groups of people. Yeah. And I was wondering, because, you know, whenever you hear the, the thing about, you know, when people win the lottery... Uh, they're usually miserable later. And mm. I know everyone's like, uh, but I'd still like to try it. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, same here. I got you. It's, it's a fair point. Uh, but like just yeah. almost to the person, you know, it's ooh, it's a bad crash. Okay. I'm just wondering if uh, if you win the lottery in a, with a bunch of other people, yeah. if that's better. Because you do you spread out the good decisions or do you spread out the bad decisions? Do you see other people buying stuff and then getting sad? Or do you see them like with friends around them like who are just like, you know, or, or, or what? Or do you feel like you're part of a community? Does that make it easier to uh, to enjoy your lottery winnings? Yeah. I just I wonder. Know. Good fortune. Does it do better for you spread out or does it do better for you just you? Well, that's a good question. I mean, quite often the, those sort of buying groups end up in a big fight anyway because someone gets cut out of it in some yeah, way. Yeah, someone or, wasn't there on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. They had a dentist appointment. Yeah, yeah. 
And those are always terrible stories, and you just feel like they should share anyway if they're part of the group. Yeah, they're terrible they stories and, and pretty funny as well. Are it's they like, funny? So what, what happened? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, dentist appointment. <laughs> you lost how much? Whoa! <laughs> That's an expensive dentist appointment. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't think that's fair. You got a story to tell. I think if you're part of like a buying group, that even if you weren't there that day, you're still part of the buying group. Okay. You can put in your dollar how afterwards. How many times can you miss uh, the buying group? Like how many times can you not buy in like three weeks in a row you didn't buy in? Okay, well, want, yeah. What, two yeah. weeks? What are you talking about? How, how many weeks are you allowed to not be in the buying group? One week, I get you. One yeah. week, I'm with you. Sure. Two weeks? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Okay, three. What if you're on vacation? Three. Yeah, three. Three. Yeah. You can skip it three weeks and you yeah. still. Uh, still yeah. Wow. Okay. Very generous. As long as you're like, you're not you putting know, the money in, but you're taking the money out. Brother. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, you have to put your three. A month. You still have to put your three dollars in. No, they, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you're win. not putting your three dollars. No, in. no, you're but skipping. But you're skipping your uh, oh, weeks. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. You didn't. Uh, you didn't put the dough in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it could. I think it could only be like for like like you say for something like a dentist appointment or they're gone on vacation for but so you should, one but you should, week but you should pay in anyway. Well, then you're fine. Then you're not skipping. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't like if you put your money in. Yeah, if you but go you're like not here's in the my room. Yeah, you still get the money. Yeah, yeah. Because you put the money in, so that's yeah. not even an issue. But yeah, I'm yeah. talking like you know oh you know oh, oh you know family tragedy. Mm-hmm. Got to leave for you know got to go to a funeral. Mm-hmm. Oh, we won the lottery. Yeah. Yeah, you should give the money. Should be, a, yeah, you should yeah, be. Then you're that. dink otherwise. <laughs> yes, yeah. but it's funny how winning all that money turns people into dinks. Nah, or they were, and it just gives uh, them a chance. It's gonna bring comes out. It's the uh, super soldier it. serum. It makes you more of what you are. Mm. You know, you have to be a good man. <laughs> you are a good man. And if you give it to the Red Skull, what were you thinking? <laughs> that was that's on you, dum dums. Giving them to the Red Skull dummies. Yeah, he's going to turn into a Red Skull. That's your problem. Can't be surprised. <laughs> no, I can't remember that movie very well. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to the movie? I am. I am oh. referring to uh, The Godfather. <laughs> Godfather 2. Those are good movies. I've seen those movies more than once. That's I how good they are. I trying to get out. And <laughs> Hydra keeps bringing me back in. <laughs> I've only seen that movie once. Yeah, I've never seen Godfather 2. I've seen Godfather 1. I've seen Godfather 3. Oh, how, so I've got assumptions about how, Godfather how 2. <laughs> how did we get here? That's a good movie. Oh, I, no one denies that Godfather 2 is a good movie. Everyone it's says it's one of the greatest movies of all time. I've just got to find a time to see it. Yeah. You yeah. know, in a proper form. Sure. Yeah, if it's in a, in a nice theater. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. A nice thing of French fries. <laughs> and a Whopper. A Whopper. <laughs> Let that taste really sit That's in right. my mouth for yeah. a couple hours. <laughs> really just... It's like a two and a half hour movie. Don't eat the Whopper like part. Well, you just got to eat it fast. What if, okay, what if you what if you could watch The Godfather, mm-hmm. uh, Godfather 2, sorry, yeah. in a theater, mm-hmm. but like you had a really nice spaghetti and meatballs. There was like a prop, like from the movie, mm. proper spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, yeah. And then like some orange slices for dessert. <laughs> really get the theme yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like, well, I just think that eating spaghetti and meatballs, you're not paying attention to the movie. It's, it's pretty complicated to eat spaghetti. Like you can do a lot of winding and getting up to your mouth and it's messy. I think that you'd be like distracted from the movie. Okay. Like what's... Again, yeah, the- I've not heard anyone uh, say uh, that they can't uh, concentrate because they're eating spaghetti. Well, because... <laughs> Because they're just eating spaghetti. No one's like trying to do other things. Wait, this things. is a full-time job. Guys, yeah, exactly. I need right. some concentration. I'm eating spaghetti here. I got a job. 
I got a new job. You know, like babies do. I don't want this winding up on my head and then I'm an adorable picture saying, where's the Paschetti? You know why? Because I got distracted. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard work. Yeah. And the reason that you don't realize it. Spaghetti, it's hard work. (laughs) That's what they say. It's tricky. Yeah, sure. Like you just, you can't just like, like popcorn, you can just like look at a screen and yeah. shovel stuff from a bag into your mouth. Sure, sure. Easy. Yeah, yeah. You're not like looking away from the screen to look in the bag and go like, where's the popcorn? I got to search it out. But if you're eating spaghetti, you're like winding it on the floor. I don't know how you eat spaghetti. Maybe you use the knife. <laughs> you and- don't know how you eat spaghetti. I said, I don't know how you eat spaghetti. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, wondering. I don't I, know how a person eats spaghetti. I wind it. No one knows how a person eats spaghetti. I wind it onto the fork. Okay. And that takes some looking. That takes some concentration. You got to be looking at your fork, spinning around. Sure. You don't have like the whole ball of spaghetti end up on your fork. It's not going to fit in your mouth. So you're doing stuff and the movie's happening. And I All just right. feel like as a person who doesn't even like to look at his phone. That's a very different situation. When when a movie's on. I, I just don't like the idea of being distracted from I, the film. I, it's weird for me because I eat spaghetti with my phone. I scoop it up with <laughs> my phone and just right into my mouth. And I well, just like could... slap the meatball Well, like the... I said, I don't know how you eat spaghetti. Maybe if you do it that way, you could watch a movie. Okay. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I've got the uh, Cineplex VIP menu in front of me. Okay. Now, I'm going to name the foods that they have. Okay. And you tell me good food for a movie theater. Sure. Bad food for a okay. movie theater. Okay. Yeah. Here's the appetizers. All right. Okay. Edamame. I don't know what that is. It's uh, soybeans. It's those uh, soybeans and pods. Do you eat them with a spoon or are you just, are they finger food? Uh, they're finger food. That's fine. Truffle fries. Now that's with truffle oil, Parmesan, uh, garlic aioli, and you can add bacon. That's, that's fine. How much grease is in that? I like know it's greasy, but I, it's got oil. Got I'm just saying it's fine. It's not oh, for oil, me. More oil and more oil. Okay. Are you saying I would eat it? No, 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 no. I'm saying to you. It's to fine for mind. human people. I wouldn't eat it myself, but okay. that's fine. All right, because you were very judgmental about other people eating yeah, fries. Yeah, I would. I'm no, I wasn't judgmental. On their own, on their I'm own, talking about they were me. too greasy, and I've just added four I'm greases. Four about, greases. I'm talking about me, not about other people. Okay, let's go other people as well. Uh, are these appropriate yeah. foods for? I am. That's how I'm judging these for other okay. people. I was talking about myself. Before. Crispy dill pickles. That is uh, breaded pickles with buttermilk ranch dip. No. No. Coconut shrimp that is coca- crispy with sweet chili dipping sauce. No. Okay. Guacamole with uh, guacamole chips. No. Okay. Nachos like with cheese. No. No. Okay. With sometimes with grilled chicken. If it's gonna have, is it gonna have like a dip with it? Do you have to like have salsa and all that stuff? No, it's covered in. Uh, it's covered. Oh, it's in fine cheese. then. It's fine. Four cheeses, uh, pico de gallo, jalapenos, salsa, sour cream. They're on it. Yeah. You're not dipping. Well, I mean, you're dipping, but in the no. middle of it instead of off to the side. No, as no. no good. Maybe they're off to the side. I'm not sure. No good. Buffalo cauliflower. No. Boneless chicken wings. No. Calamari. No. Poutine. No. Fish tacos. No. Chicken tacos. No. Chicken tacos uh, that are grilled. <laughs> no. Okay. How about uh, pesto margarita pizza? You know, I'm just going to go all the pizzas. There's a pepperoni pizza. There's yeah, a chicken yeah. pesto. There's a Hawaiian, which they call luau. Don't know why they don't call it Hawaiian, but they call it a luau pizza. Because it has poi on it. Maybe. Um, pizza. Pizza. You're eating slices of pizza, bringing it up to your mouth. Drippy, greasy <laughs> pizza. Well, you know what? That's fine. Classic burger. Something you have. Classic burger. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. Okay, really? All right. How about with your choice of fries? Or a harvest salad. <laughs> if you want to eat it, that's fine. You're anti-fries. I'm not. I for myself, I don't like fries. But so in a you theater. get the burger. Do you get a salad with it, or what do you do? 
No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna eat it. I'm just saying it's fine for other people if they want to eat a burger. All right. How about the high stack burger? That's your two beef patties. Uh, you know, all the business, and then craft uh, burger bun. It's. I. I wouldn't think it's very good all for right, me. Very food. good. All right. I'm just gonna go through the last ones. Uh, pulled pork sandwich. I guess that's fine. All right. Chicken uh, Caesar wrap. Oh yeah, that's probably the best. Fish chips. No. Okay. Chicken tenders. No. Okay. Then I'm gonna run the desserts by you real quick. Okay. New York style cheesecake. Sure. Salted butterscotch brownie. Sure. Mini donuts. But the main to say about the brownie, butterscotch, blah. But anyway. Now, mini donuts is your cinnamon sugar and caramel dipping sauce. No, too too much business. All right. There we go. Asked and answered. Asked and answered. I'm just thinking in terms... Okay, so let's pretend that you are... All right, let's play pretend. ...showing a friend your favorite movie of all time. Okay. Favorite movie of all time. All right. And then your friend shows up. And he's brought some... Sorrow and the Pity. He's brought some... <laughs> Sorrow and the Pity your favorite movie. Showa? <laughs> Gotta show this one. So then you... They get there, and they have a bunch of donuts, and they've yeah. got like some mascarpone okay. dipping stuff in the... And then... So then they get us all I've set up. Re- can I replace it with Grapes of Wrath? Sure, okay, whatever you want. watching Grapes of Wrath. Okay, sure. That's fine. All right. So then you... Uh, so then, so you're all like looking forward to it. You're like, oh man, you're going to love this movie. You're going to love this movie so much. It's hilarious. So the movie, <laughs> the movie starts and then they're not even looking at it. They're spending all the time like dipping their donuts into their stuff and yeah. moving around and eating and filling it with a napkin. You would just be like, oh, so disappointed. And then if we get to some point in the movie, then finally they're like looking at it. They're kind of like, you can see they're not into it because they didn't, they missed something important at the beginning. And they're just kind of like, oh. Yeah, why are they leaving? Why are they, why what's are going they on? Other, I don't understand. Why? Was there some kind of Great Depression or Dust <laughs> yeah. What sort yeah. of thing? What happened? Yeah, whatever movie. It doesn't matter. Like His name's just... Tom Jode? That's how I'm judging all what? those foods. His name's Tom Jode? <laughs> is he yeah. like a? Is that like a joke? Like he sounds like Toad? Like yeah. He's a Toad? Yeah. Is Jode. this like Wind in the Willows? It's Jode of Jode Hall. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I had to drink a drink of water. I wasn't celebrating my joke. Of, uh, grapes <laughs> of uh, Willows. Um, yeah, I just feel like... That's what I'm judging those foods by, like how I would feel if someone was like, like dipping and looking around and getting all this gear done, you know, and it's, you're just like, oh, why did you even bother coming over to watch a movie? Just stay at home and eat your food at a table. Watch, watch your soap like operas. Watch your Dark Shadows. Oh. You don't have to pay attention to that, apparently. Do you snack during Dark Shadows? I hardly ever watch it. I mean, I hardly even look at it when I'm watching it. <laughs> I hardly ever watch it. Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, well, I just mean I don't. I just I have it on as a background noise, right? Okay. So I just wondered, like you know, you it's a it's like a blood sausage or something. Like you really themed it up. It's with, a doing the dishes show. It's a cooking show. So how do you how do you watch a TV show while you're doing the dishes? I just put my uh, tablet up on the the windowsill. Okay. And watch it. Is that safe? It's not going to fall in the sink. Um, it'll fall in the sink someday. <laughs> I guess so. We'll okay, fair enough. Find out. We'll find out. I guess we will. I think they're waterproof, aren't they? Yeah, all computers are waterproof. Tablets and phones and stuff are waterproof, though. I don't know. I've dropped my phone in the, in the toilet. Okay. <laughs> what are you looking that for? It was flushed. Thank God. Oh, no. One time it wasn't. <laughs> it's happened twice to me. Yeah, both times, Both one, times it wasn't me dropping it. One time I did this twice. <laughs> it wasn't... Uh... I like that one time it wasn't. Because that makes it feel like multiple times <laughs> when it was clean. It's... It was. Uh, it wasn't even me dropping. Like, it wasn't dropped on me on hand. It fell off something. Like I put it on like a book. Sure. In my in my bathroom, and then somehow it like slid down. And the first time it fell, it was like a dramatic. Cra- I thought it was broken. It sure. was such a bounce around. Luckily, it had a case. And then it was. No quite- phones. Phones are okay, but don't. Uh, yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't test them. Yeah. It's like a. It's like a. It's like a marriage. <laughs> it might stand up to some trouble. 
But you know, don't don't be yeah. dropping your Wait. marriage in the toilet. Yeah, why don't should I, should I put it near the toilet? Well, all marriages marriage. at one point or another are near the toilet. <laughs> oh, that's not true. Hmm? Maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, that's how I watch it anyway. I like to wass in it because I don't think it's a show that really bears like your full attention. Okay, because it's silly. Nonsense. But then, how do you write notes down? Oh, just after afterwards, I just write. You what just I remember saw. what yeah. happened generally. Yeah. Okay, so you're not. Uh, scribbling notes down as things no, go. No, no, no. All right. No. I just quite kind of quickly write down what I remember. So I, sometimes I miss things and I'll be like, oh, yeah. So I have to write little notes, little little arrows that point. <laughs> Don't forget, this happened. Very professional. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Yeah, I'm not sure how people would normally do it. Um, so have you ever looked up if there are Dark Shadows podcasts? No, I never have. Huh. Maybe I should. I like the blog, which you sent me a link to. Right. I sent you the link because uh, there there was like another uh, website that was talking about the Dark Shadows uh, newspaper strip. Yeah. It was a popular enough soap opera. But that was from that was from Dark Shadows Every Day, the, the blog I like to read. Right. But there was a different there was a different thing that was talking about. Oh, OK. That. OK. So then I looked it up and that had the most information. Oh, OK. On OK. It. OK. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. Yes. He's very thorough. That guy. He's a big fan. I enjoy his. Uh, is um is he aware of you? I don't he doesn't do it anymore, I don't think. I think it was just a project that he undertook for a time. He went through watching the show and writing about the episodes. But sometimes like in that case he doesn't he'll sometimes skip episodes and write about other things. So okay. Uh here's what I got so far. Is uh Terror at Colin Collinwood yeah. is uh seems to be the number one uh Dark Shadows podcast. Okay. Uh, the Collins Sport Historical Society. Okay. Uh, I believe is another. Oh, wait, maybe it's just a, yeah, a monthly podcast dedicated to all things monthly. Dark Shadows. Yeah. Okay. The Pit of Ultimate Dark Shadows podcast. I'm not sure, uh, how long uh, that, that one has been going on for. Yeah, but I think those are the three main ones. Okay. So Collins Sport Historical Society, Pit of Ultimate Dark Shadows, and Terror at Collingwood, uh, a Dark Shadows, uh, podcast. Like, I feel you guys should get together at some point to do a supercast. Why? Because you're think... four, four people uh, <laughs> who are doing Dark Shadows podcasts in the year 2022 for no damn reason. <laughs> and I think it would be interesting to get the four That's of you fair. together. That's fair. Yeah. Uh-huh. If I was doing a... What fl- do you think there's four of us? If I was doing a Flying Nun podcast... Is one of them by himself as well? Uh, well, there's four of you because there's Terror at Collingwood, Collingwood Sport Historical Society, oh, okay. Pit of Ultimate Dark. That's three different podcasts. I now, see. They probably have got more than one person on each yeah, of the yeah. podcast. One of them has at least six But six at people. minimum, there are four yeah. people. I almost said guys, but there's probably <laughs> one woman uh, yeah. doing, doing, no, doing no this. Doubt. No doubt. Uh, and yeah, I'd be curious like, hey, what's with us? What's what are we doing? Like, because if I was doing a flying nun podcast, yes, and yes. and then there, I found out there was three other flying nun podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would go. I should talk to these people and okay. see what's this. What's the situation? Yeah, like our friend, uh, our friend Bob Mackey, does yes. a, who's been on our show yeah. a couple of times. He does Talking Simpsons. Yes, and occasionally he will be on another uh, podcast that will be about the Simpsons. I see that makes sense. Yeah, or if there's a you know podcast, The Ride, we'll be talking about the Simpsons. Right, he'll go on to that one. Uh, you know, th- things make sense. Sure. But, you know, so for some reason, and I can't even remember back in the oldie days how we started doing D- Dark Shadows recaps on the show. <laughs> I don't know either. I mean. This sort of grew organically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly, some, <laughs> clearly we had COVID. 
clearly had COVID. We were both in a fever state. We're like rolling around. We're just like, have you got anything to say? I don't know. I can't taste colors. What are you saying? I don't know. Uh, but hey, remember vampires? What? Uh, there's a soap opera with vampires. What's yeah. that like? Let me tell you. Every week for uh, a couple of years. <laughs> infinity. Infinity. Every plus. other week. Well, what happened was I was doing the, the Halloween episode of Listening Party, a Halloween episode okay. of Listening Party. Right. And I found this song called Barnabas. And I was like, well, who's Barnabas? I don't even know what this is about. So then I was looking up about it, and then I discovered that there was a, a uh, I discovered Dark Shadows, which I kind of knew about from the Tim Burton film. And then I'd heard about it before that, but I didn't really know very much about it. Okay. And so then I was looking up about it, and I was reading about it. And I was like, oh, this is really fascinating. Because what really fascinated me was the time travel element of it. Mm-hmm. And the and the fact that they just like kept the same cast all the time, I just thought that was kooky and also kind of great. And so then I discovered it was on Tubi just by happenstance. I was on and you had it already. And I had like yeah, I downloaded Tubi because it was free movies and and uh, I just happened to was looking at it one day and it was like recommended. It said Dark Shadows. I was like what? And I turned it on and it started at episode two hundred and ten, the episode where Willie Loomis discovers or goes looking for pirate gold in the uh, the Collins family mausoleum and discovers a, a vampire. And I started watching that, and then I was like, oh, this is really kind of interesting. And then I started doing sparks, coloring sparks. Right. And, you know, I would listen to music for a few hours. And after a while, you're like, oh, how much music can you take? So then well, I can take a lot, but... <laughs> yeah, I think quite a bit. But then I was like, just looking for other things to, for my mind to, like, drift to. And so then I started watching... Uh, dark shadows while i was coloring i mean i didn't watch it but i would just be listening and occasionally i would look up and go what's who's that oh, okay <laughs> and, I look, and i go back to coloring again you know because it's because especially at that time the show was so repetitive right like so little happened in a week <laughs> it was ridiculous how little happened and how much time people spent talking about what happened <laughs> or, like a day before they would like go through it all over again every day it was just crazy so you could just listen to it and not it was almost like listening to radio shows in a way and so, and then I was talking about it on, on the show, and then somehow, yeah, it just grew, became a thing of its own. So, so I'm looking here at Common Sense Media. Do you know Common Sense Media? I don't believe that exists. Ah, um, <laughs> so it's commonsensemedia.org, yeah. and what they do is they review um, everything Yes. Uh, as to, how's this for kids? Okay. How's this for... Smoking. How's this for consumerism? How's I this see. for positive role models? Okay. So they have reviewed uh, Dark Shadows. Now, I know we're not doing Dark Shadows this week. Sure. But, but. I just wanted to get... Now, this is all on a scale of uh, one to five. Vampires. One being the lowest. Yeah. One being the lowest. Yeah. Vampire. Uh, which would be, um, uh, you know, uh, Duckula. And then um, <laughs> number five would be Dracula. You know, sure, you sure. King of the vampires. Um, the Dracula. Uh, Andy Warhol's Dracula. Andy Warhol's Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be the number five. without saying. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. Weird. I don't yeah. know how that got in there. Uh, so, uh, one lowest, five highest. Uh, sure. uh, for, um, uh, the amount of, uh, sex in the show. I see. Amount of sex Kate. that you get in this. Like, I'm, I gotta, I gotta tell parents how much sex is in the show. Yeah. Is, Actual... that, is that the only thing they worry about? No, no. We got, oh, we got positive messages, positive role models, violence, I language. See. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you through. The seven uh, main the seven things. deadly sins of Dark Se- Shadows. Yeah. So sex, how much sex scale of one to five? Oh, I'm gonna give it a two. You're right. They give it a two as it's well. It's a very sexless show. I mean, it's got a sixty year old man playing a vampire. How how much drinking, drugs, and smoking is in this show? One to one to five. I'm gonna give it a two again. We got a one here. 
They did not show what? a lot of uh, yeah. They didn't have a lot of they didn't. No one smokes in the show. It's I guess I don't know why. I guess it was just too too troublesome to have cigarettes involved in the. In, I'm sure they all smoked off camera, but I think in the acting part of it, it was just too much trouble to have like cigarettes in, in yeah. the set. They already so, have candles. They need more fire. So on a scale of one to five, mm-hmm. uh, how much foul language? And I'm saying one to five. You could also put zero if you want. Oh, well, put zero. Uh, for foul language? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Zero. Yeah. None. Uh, it was a TV show from the 60s. How about consumerism? Consumerism. That's an interesting one. Oh. Uh, it's one of those things like, how much is it like, hey, it's great to be rich. Look at my uh, fancy people are the best people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this show, how much does it really go, rich people are great. Uh, so yeah, I would give it a one at best. You're right, yeah. one. Yeah. One for consumerism. How about <laughs> violence? Violence. Oh, that's going up a bit. I'll give it a three. We got two. Two, two really? Two violence. And well, a lot of, a lot it's of uh, violence well, in the show. It's, the violence is all strangling. Mm. That's all they ever do. So it's bloodless. It's bloodless. Oddly bloodless Oddly for bloodless. Very show. little. Very little in the way of like... I mean, there was a stabbing in a recent episode. Of course, that's how uh, Quentin was killed. But so you don't see blood. But you don't see any blood, no. And there's none of that uh, Dracula stuff of like... When there's like a single drop of blood. And the vamp, and then Dracula goes, ooh. <laughs> That's right. Someone cuts himself shaving. And like, <laughs> it's just the Tex Avery eyeballs come out, tongue, tongue flaps. The Tex Avery vampire, we all, it's a very famous just thing. Just slapping his foot down. Homina, <laughs> homina. <laughs> the cape goes rigid stiff. <laughs> the, the, the fangs fly out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, the fangs would just grow long. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, we get it, we get it, we get it. It'd be good if his tongue came out and it was a bat flapping. <laughs> I like all of this. <laughs> I want to do a Dracula thing just to do that. That's oh, fantastic. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, sorry, what did we say? What was the next one? Okay. Oh, so, we were still on violence. Yeah, that was it for violence. <laughs> okay. I'm going to merge the next two because it's the same uh, number for both. Okay, okay. Um, positive messages. Yeah. Also, positive role models. So in this show, uh, the uh, scale of one or, or, you know, zero yeah, yeah. to five yeah. uh, for positive messages and positive role models. Ooh, maybe a three? Zero. Zero? Bupkiss. No one positive in, in, in Oh, this. I'm sorry. I thought it was... Five was like bad and one was good. No, no, it's uh, well, it would still be. If but you I say three, mean, like, it would be the same number anyway for what you're saying. That would still, that would still be, you'd still be correct because you're dead in the middle, right? Yeah. Two, three. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, they say there's none. There's no positive. Yeah, there's nothing uh, positive with the show. No, you're correct. No positive characters. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's conniving and scheming and evil. Yeah. Or they, even if not evil, just neglectful or careless. They say it's too spooky for young kids. Yeah, but uh, age ten plus would be fine. I mean, I'm I'm not a group of like puritanical blue stockings like these people are. So I would put it younger in terms of like age. But uh, okay, you know, if you're if you are such an uptight weirdo that you're going to do a website like this, then you probably uh, will object to. Okay. The very slight scariness of the show. I mean, it's a rubber bat, for God's sakes. Sure. Let me let me let me throw this out, and I'm going to do the same questions uh, one more time, real quick. Okay. For Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Because I was curious about that. Okay. They say that one is good for 13 plus. Um, positive messages. Scale of one to five. And Buffy. Could, yeah, you could go. That's, zero is a, is an option too. Positive messages in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. One to five. Two. 
four. Oh, okay. Lots of positives. Yeah. Positive role models. Well, I guess I'll go four again. You're correct. Diverse representations in this diversity in the uh, in Buffy, Buffy the world. Not really. Angel is a bit better with that, I think. Yeah, but this is not Angel. This it's is not Buffy Angel. So I'm going to go down to two. You're correct. Sex. Oh. Sexy, sexy, sex. Five. Three. What? Some episodes Didn't don't they have see people the, going... That ding-dong, uh, whatever season? Ding-dong. <laughs> whatever season with the, the you know, the guy that she fell in love with who was in that par- paramilitary outfit. Yeah, well, he goes... And Riley. He goes to the, the Riley season. Yeah, oh, you mean when he, she's with Riley? Yeah. Okay, now when Riley's hooking sec- up at that the That was sex ahoy. Okay. Violence. Oh, four. Three. What? Uh, consumerism. Two. Zero. Wow, that's yeah. good for them. Yeah. Drinking. They drug- did encourage a lot of buying at a magic shop, though. <laughs> did anyone ever buy anything at the magic shop? They seem to just take it. I think there's one episode where people are buying something. And Anya's not good with money. Anya's not good with Anya's. Anya's the best character in the show, by the She's way. She's fantastic. The best. Drinking drugs and smoking. Mm, give it one. Two. Two. Okay. And uh, foul language. I guess I'll give it a two again. Three. Oh, really? Yeah, we got some blue language there. I guess. Some cussing. They probably said God. Yeah. Oh, so, God. So that's that's how mark that all that stands down. up. Oh, dear. They yeah. said God. Let me just mark that down. Yeah. That's my that's my impersonation of a person who runs that website. I'm just throwing uh, I'm just throwing something on here now out of my own uh, curiosity. And it's probably a bad thing. <laughs> I'm looking at my movie Casper's Haunted Christmas. Okay. Okay. Uh, they say it's for ages six plus. Uh, how much sexy stuff? No, they don't have sexy stuff. Is there any <laughs> consumerism? No. Really? For a Christmas movie? Yeah, that's right. pretty Yeah, that's we pretty didn't good. really do, do any consumerism. That's, that's good, true. Good for you. Drinking drugs and smoking, not present. That's true. We got rid of, uh, um, spooky cigar. You think in a Christmas movie there'd be presents? Oh. <laughs> well done. Uh, violence and scariness. Oh. Two. Three. Oh, you. You pushed yes. it. And positive messages. I'll give that a four. I'm going to give that a three. Oh, really? You let the kids down. And a uh, review from Patty Cal, parent of a 12-year-old. Yeah. 90 minutes, we'll never get back. <laughs> Is that right? Yep. And uh, this title has too much swearing. Oh. Yep. But what do they rate the swearing at in the uh, thingamajigger? Well, we do say motherfucker a lot. <laughs> Casper's. <laughs> that was his uh, kind of cat byword, though. Yeah, he would pop up and they'd, he'd be like, "Hello, motherfuckers!" Oh, and they go, "Ghost." We use the word "jerk." Oh, jerk! So yeah, there we go. That's not a swear word. Yeah, they say I prefer to watch "Merry Christmas, Mr. Bean" instead. Casper does get compared to Mr. Bean a lot, a lot. But her son looks like a bean. But her son, who is almost eight, really liked the movie. Uh, mom did not. Yeah. Well, it's not for moms. It's not for, it's yeah. not for her. Yeah. It's not for it's moms. Not for, it's not for her. It was written for kids. Yeah. And it has no consumerism, so parents should appreciate that. Yeah. It's not a movie pushing some toy. It's not Transformers Christmas. It's not uh, Teddy Ruxpin's Christmas. Right. This is uh, this is reminding me. I'm tr- i got to get some money from this movie. Okay. <laughs> I am owed a little dough from, oh, yeah. that, from that film. Yes. Okay. Do you have to? What, how do you? What do you do now? Do you call your agent? And... I get my agent to. Yeah, it's uh, traded hands many times. Oh, the okay. Film rights. Okay. But, uh, in my original contract, uh, yeah. You get me paid. And my, me and my friend Roger, who yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, wrote it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we should be getting a little something for that. Little and you know what? Yep. Yeah. 
uh, it's after COVID times. I can't look the other way. You know, eh, guys, it's fine. It's like, oh, no, it's not fine. <laughs> and this, it was weird. Yeah. The other, like, over Christmas, I went to London Drugs and I went to Best Buy. And both times I walked into the, both stores. Yeah. And the first thing I saw was Casper's Haunted Christmas. Really? And it might have been because it's like, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, they're always re-releasing. They knew you were so, coming. So they knew Ian's coming. Put him yeah, in the yeah, put his damn movie up. <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, you know, so it's like a reasonably priced. It's always like you know mixed together. It's like a double bill with you know the Christmas goose. Yeah, yeah, and you know the story of the Christmas goose. I don't believe in Jesus. It's like, well, you're a silly goose, is what you are if you don't believe in Christ our Lord. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay. Honk if you love Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it ends. It ends with him going, honk if you love Jesus, on the side of the honk. road. <laughs> what a, what and then you see someone who's an agnostic and just chases him out of the park, pecking at his ass. <laughs> Poor agnostic guy. Yeah. Oh, well. Make up, make up your mind. But he's not agnostic. But he, he's fine with atheists, because at least they have uh, settled on a, on a decision. Good for them. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the goose respects He's atheists, but really loose. hates uh, agnostics. Well, he doesn't like anyone who's loosey goosey. Yeah, he originally thought I, I'm gonna. I know I was doing an egg joke earlier, but let yeah. me like, erase that one to do this one. Sure. He originally thought it was eggnog stick. Yeah. And he thought like, oh, this guy really likes eggnog, and the goose hates eggnog so much that uh, that's where he went. Uh. <clears throat> Believe in our Lord. <laughs> Wash away your sins in the blood of the Lamb. I'm like, oh, okay. Goose, this isn't the time well, or the place. Welcome to Pure Flicks. Yeah, come on, this is not the time. You should put this together. I think this could go on Pure Flicks. God isn't dead. God, God, God isn't God's dead. God's not dead. <laughs> God's not dead five. <laughs> Starring me, a goose. Yeah, the Christmas goose. How can we love Jesus? <laughs> is that played by the guy who does Medea? Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. Good for him. That guy knows where the money is. Good for him. Good for him indeed. Anyway, this has been our Christmas episode. <laughs> we're we're not going to come up on Easter. We're not going to put a show this week. We're going to save this for Christmas. Yeah, this one's going into the vault <laughs> where it belongs. Yeah. Does Disney still have the vault? Is that still a thing? I, that's a good question because all the shows are available streaming now, right? Yeah. They really got to push that streaming service. They'll even break contracts with people that keep that streaming service. Oh, interesting. who's uh, who's uh, who they broke contracts? Scarlett Johansson because of uh, suing them over Black Widow being released oh. to streaming services and theaters. Right, and I think someone else's as well because it really eats into your the mo- your back end. Ah, uh, okay. So uh, the Disney Vault is a formerly used uh, term. So uh, it is not. No uh, longer. It is no longer around. It doesn't go back into the vault. No, no. Well, that's good so. to know. I can watch Sword in the Stone anytime I want. That's right. Black Cauldron is yours uh, for the... I've never seen Black Cauldron. I should... That's fine. I, I would like to watch it. Okay. Because I've heard that it was uh, a bit of a... Not a popular film anyway. Nope. But I think Sword of the Stone is an absolutely horrible movie. Okay. Just garbage. Is that... The, okay. Who is the who is the witch in that? Who is the mad something? Yeah, mad... Mad Myrtle, Mad yeah, Melba like Toast. Why? Why I know her is because uh, you we, know we, when, we know her so well. We don't know her name. Well, we know her so well because we just know her from Gold Key Comics. Because you know, when I was a kid, kid, mm. you know, uh, and there was a twenty-five cent comic that was there in the stands. Uh, she would be regularly on those comics. It was like it was like her, and then it was one of those characters like uh, Moby Duck. You just like, do you know Moby Duck? No, I don't. It was part of like the. 
Donald Duck world. Really? But he was like a sailor and he was like a kind of Popeye like sailor. He was okay. Bobby Duck and he had yeah, he had his own comic line. Yeah. I don't know if he ever was was on the uh the cartoons. But again, these are characters that are not popular in movies, mm-hmm. but then had a sizable amount of comics about them. Okay. Very much like and I always keep coming back to her, Petunia Pig. Okay. Petunia Pig, where you will go like, you know Petunia Pig? Oh yeah, Porky's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Name a cartoon with her in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once again, let me get that hundred bucks out again. I'm gonna put it on the table. Where'd you just see her in a cartoon? Yeah. I was like, well, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't. You never saw her, but she was in the comics. So she was always in all the merchandise and, and all that kind of stuff. His cartoon career was really front and loaded, wasn't it? Like, it's more black and white. I bet you there's more black and white Porky Pig than there are color Porky Pig, like featuring Porky Pig cartoons. Yeah, I mean, Porky, Porky Pig's known for That's All Folks. He was at the end of every cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know him for, for that. Well, he was before Bugs Bunny. He was like the star of, yeah. of Warner Brothers Looney Tunes cartoons. With who? Who was his co? Who was his? Uh, it was him and another character. Was that that egg guy? It wasn't. No, it wasn't Egbert. Okay. No. I'm talking about. But his name makes sense with this other character. He was Porky, and so the other character's name was I don't know Beans. Oh, okay. It was a little dog named Beans. Okay. So it was like Pork and Beans. Yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, man, we're a couple of tough guys. <laughs> That was, their, that was their deal. Hmm. Now I'm looking at what that uh, what that damned character's name was. Mad Madam Madam uh, something or there is what it was. Madam. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'd like to see Black Cauldron. Not Mostly because I watched that doc. There was a documentary on um, Disney Plus. Yeah. About the the latter days of the animation studio at Walt Disney when it was kind of going downhill. Yeah. Oh, a mad Madam Mim. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Very welcome. (laughs) Thank you for finding that. And by the way, the difference between Merlin and mad Madam Mim is Merlin used science. She just used magic. (laughs) You might think Merlin, the wizard, (laughs) might have used (laughs) magic, but you'd be wrong to think he... What science did he use? He was changing into... Two creatures underwater being chased by Madame Mim. Mm. Did he do that scientifically? Was he doing optical illusions? Scientific skill. Optical illusions? Scientific skill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Played by, uh, sorry, Martha Wentworth, who also plays Granny Squirrel in the movie. Okay. Who is a female squirrel, an elderly female squirrel. Yes. That develops... A uh, an attraction to Merlin. Yes, because uh, there's a young squirrel who uh, develops an attraction for. By the way, Merlin is a squirrel during this sequence. Oh, that's that's better. Yeah, he's okay, a squirrel. That's much better. And than, so is than so with Arthur. A squirrel that wants to like fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, no, wait. The funny part is, yeah, it's an old squirrel. <laughs> so so what you're saying is, if it was like a young yeah. hot squirrel, that's right. Then Merlin that's, would be all over that action. That's right. But also, just out of curiosity, yeah. uh, how old's Merlin? He's always chasing tails. I think, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, that's a big tail. Uh, I would assume Merlin is, you know, yeah. in his seventies. Like Merlin's up there, so I it's don't hard think, to tell that. I don't age. Think those, the those issue are, is that the squirrels too. People old. looked older than they were in those days. That's yeah. true, and Merlin does age backwards. He's got a Benjamin Button situation going on. <laughs> the, so fair enough. He's probably a young man. He wants to sow his wild oats. Yeah, he doesn't have time to fuck an old squirrel. <laughs> As this movie is trying to mm-hmm. get us to believe could yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he changes mm-hmm. Arthur into a squirrel. I don't remember why. It's a it's a terrible movie, by the way. Okay. 
No point watching it. But I would like to see The Black Cauldron. Because like I was going to say, there was a documentary on Disney Plus about those days, like the Black Cauldron days of Walt Disney. Okay. Like when the animation studio lost its home that it had been in since the, the inception of Walt Disney Studios and were moved out so that uh, Bette Midler could have a fancy place because they just signed her to Hollywood Pictures for some kind of multi-picture deal. So they kicked all the animators out of this old building and re- re- um, restored it for, for uh, Bette Midler. It's pretty hilarious. So they got thrown thrown some dump down the end of the oh, thing. <laughs> Here, guys, do your stuff in this garbage can. And that's when Jeffrey Katzenberg arrived with Michael Eisner. Ah, okay. And that was during The Black Cauldron. And he came and he looked at the, the rushes for the film. And he's like, oh, this is horrible. We have to, we're going to have to do some editing of this movie. And they're like, well, you can't edit it. It's a cartoon. He's like, what do you mean you can't edit it? It's film. Like, you can edit whatever you yeah. want. And so, yeah, he just made some changes to it. Like, nothing radical, but he just, like, you made a few changes. Edit it. That was their attitude. Yeah, yeah, but they did it live to tape. That's right. <laughs> That's right. They did a cartoon live yeah, to tape. Yeah, do you know, do you know how this works? <laughs> and they all admit, we never found out how it worked. Well, I think the idea is, their idea was that we edit for the storyboard. We edit the storyboard, and that's the movie. We just animate the storyboard, and then we have the movie. We've already edited the film. Okay. You know? And he's like, well, your movie sucks, so we're going to do some more editing. So, okay. Mad Madam Mim, because i got to go down this rabbit hole real quick. Because I read a lot of stories with her when I was a kid. Yes. Uh, So she would appear quite often in Walt Disney's comics and stories. Yes. But she would also appear um, as a cohort of the Beagle Boys. Really? In the Uncle Scrooge comics and stuff? Yeah, but not like the good ones. Oh, okay. But like... Not Carl Barks. Carl Barks didn't use her, but other, I don't think so. Other Joe uh, Torsiva. Ugh, hack. Okay, fair enough. I don't, I don't know who I don't is. know either. But like, uh, you, you have like Walt Disney's The Beagle Boys with Mad Madam Mim. Yeah. That would be the comic book. And so there's like a couple issues of that. I see, I see. And, uh, and yeah, so somehow she survived. Mm. Uh, the King Arthur days came through time and is now helping... The Beagle Boys rob Uncle Scrooge. And and she was always trying to pull a fast one on Uncle Scrooge, but he would, like, be too clever for her. Because mm-hmm. he'd realize she was from King Arthur times and a completely different movie. And what a weird thing that <laughs> these guys are <laughs> Why are you together. here? Well, because we own the property, so we need to use it. Okay. Now, not to be... Uh, use it or lose it. Not to be a, a, a creep, but I'm going to look up what Granny Squirrel looks like. All right. I'm just curious. Why don't you look at both squirrels? What do you mean both squirrels? Sexy squirrel. Granny squirrel. I don't want to look up sexy squirrel. Just type in sexy squirrel. (laughs) You know what? I did not... I did not expect granny squirrel to, you know, look like that. What does she look like? Please describe. kind of big. Oh, kind of big? Yeah, she's voluptuous. She's very voluptuous. I mean, she doesn't, you know... She's not... mm, But, you know, she's... (laughs) Yeah, there you go. So... so, She's, She's packing on the nuts. A little bit. Yeah. Okay, so we're looking at, like, Sexy Squirrel now from Sword of the Stone? Sure. Oh, boy, I don't like that this is going into my <laughs> file. <laughs> All right, Sexy Squirrel. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, if, King Arthur, if, if Merlin had a... Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. There's some pictures here. <laughs> now, to be fair, yeah. there, is a, there is a portion of this that's... Uh, Okay, there's a portion of this that is fan art. Okay, some that people, goes in some, some other. People have been getting carried away in the. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is a there is a book that's recommended if we want to do a follow up on this. Yeah, uh, which is called "Nuts About Squirrels: 
The Rodents That Conquered Popular Culture by Don H. Corrigan. Oh, okay. And it's about uh, fictional squirrels in, like, uh, animation and literature. Best best squirrel in animation? And, okay, what would you say the best squirrel in animation? Screwy Squirrel. Yeah, not not as known as he should be. No, he's an undersung cartoon character, I think. All right. I think he's only in two features, but And and what's the uh, best uh, squirrel in uh, comic books? Best squirrel in comic books? Yeah. Well, you know what? Best squirrel in television, I would oh, give to... okay. Well, this is a different situation. Yeah. Okay. I, was, yeah. I would give to Rocky. Rocky J. Squirrel. Rocky J. Squirrel. Rocky J. Squirrel. I'm going to yeah. have to give a best squirrel in comic books to Steve-O, the squirrel that we... Uh, <laughs> that's the, a, the, I guess squirrel. that's a comic book. I guess you're right. I was, if you said graphic novels, I would have... I am now curious. Yeah. When did, when did this squirrel book come out? And did we... Nah, I think we just missed it. Ah. We just missed it. They do mention Squirrel Girl in it, looks like, so that's good. Hmm. Created by Steve Ditko. Yeah. I think Tom DeFalco. I think. I think. Uh, but yeah, uh, Eats Nuts, Kicks Butts. <laughs> Is girl. that Steve Ditko's? That's yeah. what his thing? Uh, eats Nuts, squirrel Kicks Butts? Squirrel Girl? Uh, uh, that was, that's her slogan. Uh, created From- by Will Murray and Steve Ditko. Okay. Yeah, and uh, the first... Uh, person that she defeated, I believe, was Doctor Doom. Yeah, and he was just surrounded by squirrels, and like, ah, they get in my armor, and and this whole thing was just like, no one can ever know this happened. No one can ever know <laughs> Doom was defeated by squirrels. This never occurred. Yeah, it's hard to imagine Steve Ditko with a sense of humor. Really, really. Well, I mean, Spider Man was jokey. I know, but I mean, that's Stan Lee. You feel like that he's adding that element to. Well, it. I mean, Will Murray was the writer. Steve okay, Ditko yeah. was the artist who was sure. hired. Okay. Uh, and this is Steve Ditko in 1991. Mm. He's a hired gun. Yeah, yeah. Doing this, you know, thing. And yeah, and she had a uh, she had a, a partner called uh, Monkey Joe, and she used to have a partner I think called Tippy Toe, and uh, one of them died. Huh. And then she had a replacement squirrel. And it was a very tender moment. Her powers are yes, superhuman agility, Kate. senses and strength, sure, a prehensile tail, makes sense, razor sharp claws, Kate. retractable uh, knuckle spikes, what, and the ability to communicate with squirrels. Okay, yeah. One, one, one of these things is not like the others. That's what I'll say. And about she that. has the ability to seduce Merlin. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Arthur. Well, oh, so, but no, oh, Grandma Squirrel was the, yeah. the seducer of Merlin. Oh, did Sexy Squirrel seduce Arthur? Did, did, yeah. Oh, because how Arthur did gets, that end up? So Arthur gets turned into a squir- squirrel. Okay, to sneak into something, I assume. No, just to go into the woods. They're like, it's really complicated. It's not even complicated. So it's Merlin stupid. said, hey, let's go yeah. out and get some squirrel, I'm gonna change you squirrel into, action. Yeah, I'm going to change you into a fish. You can go underwater. Yeah. I'm going to change you into a squirrel. You can climb but through the trees. not for a task. No, no, just for random. Oh, wow. Okay. Laughs, I, don't, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Just giggle time. So then uh, huh. he goes out into the trees. Not and then go out and meet with the people and see what they really and think. And this, this squirrel, sexy squirrel, but really just a squirrel girl. Falls in love with with him because he's you know it's he's not a squirrel girl it's a girl squirrel it's yeah. a girl squirrel yeah who falls in love with Arthur okay thinks he's the cat's pajamas sure, or the squ- it's very dangerous to a squirrel yeah or the squirrel slippers okay and she want you know she's very interested in him makes some moves and he is standoffish at, at best because you know to be fair to him he is not a squirrel okay so you know he's like I'm I can't commit to this relationship <laughs> as much as I'd like to I feel you know. It's olden times, right? Okay. He's not just going to, like... He's yeah. chivalrous. He's not just going to take advantage of her. No. In the old times, you turn to a squirrel and just, you know, <laughs> have at it. <laughs> but not if you're Arthur. You're chivalrous. Right. Yeah. Not like... Well, though, you know, I mean, uh, Lancelot yeah. was chivalrous. Yes. And he had an affair. 
but in a very chivalrous manner. What? How do you? How so? I don't know. I assume it was chivalrous. He was a knight of the round table. Yeah, but he cheated. Uh, he cheated on his best friend with. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and you know that's fine. He basically really fucked things up because of. Uh, I wonder what the code of keep it in his armor. I wonder what the code of chivalry actually is. We all talk about it, but uh, do we know? I'm gonna go. Here's why I'm going. Ugh. Okay. Because I ended up one day. Yeah. Because uh, my wife used to be a member of the Society for Creative Anachronism, <laughs> okay. which is kind of like a Renaissance fair thing, but sure. they take it w- way more serious. She doesn't take it as serious. M- maybe too seriously? Well, well, this guy did. And he was a knight. Like, he had progressed to the uh Was he a knight status. of the round table? He, no, just, uh, just a knight of the Society for Creative Anachronism. Okay. But you had to do all these different things, and by God, he took it so seriously. He just sucked all the fun out of uh, being a knight for me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because you couldn't do anything. You everything. You were well, just because he was just very braggy about it. You know, he could, uh, you know, the sword fighting. He could do this proper dancing. He knew all, you know, the 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 things a knight should should know, and all the th- things a knight could do. And it was just, eh, no, that's that's just what that's just what I feel. Well, apparently there's not. Oh, 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 oh. Ten commandments of chivalry. You ready? Yes, please. It almost feels like a song. Now, this was set out much later, so I, I don't know how true it is to... So, uh, I'm just going to try and not read it with all the shouts. Okay. Uh, you will believe all the church teaches and observe all its directions. That's Even the, the stuff that contradicts the other stuff. That's the, <laughs> that's the number one rule, yes. <laughs> Even if it contradicts itself. Uh, you, you will defend you will, the church. You will fight yourself to the death to defend the church. Yes, okay. You will respect all weaknesses and shall constitute... Yourself the defender of them. Oh, you will respect all weaknesses. Yeah, and make yourself the defender of them. So you, you will defend weakness wherever yes. you find it. Yes. Okay. Well, not you will defend the weak. Oh, you will defend weak. Oh, all right, very good. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so, you, so, if, like you went up to a knight and just went, "Those guys are bullying me." Yeah, I'm very weak inside. That's right. And the knight reading will go, my I'll book. get them for you. Yes. Thank you. I can't open this jar. <laughs> I'll get that open for you. Okay. My dog doesn't respect me. I'll kill your dog. You know, he'll, he'll do all that stuff. Okay. Yes. Uh, unquestionably. Uh, number four. You will love the country in which you were born. Okay. That seems like a late addition. Yeah. That does feel, yeah, that does feel like something happened and we had to throw that in there. You will not recoil before your enemy. Oh. I guess that means run right away, away from, yeah. Run away. I mean, you can duck, right? Duck and cover. I hope so. And crawl under a Otherwise, desk. that's an easy kill, that guy. It's just like stab <laughs> stab in face. Yes. Oh, um, oh you, you. This is a popular one, everyone. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. You will make war against the infidel without cessation and without mercy. Oh. You know, I mean, that kind of tracks for the times when there was about 18 different crusades. Right. And that's what Jesus was all about. No mercy. No mercy. <laughs> Yeah, he was very Cobra Kai. <laughs> you, um, you shall perform, scrupulously perform your feudal duties if they're not contrary to the law of God. Right, and your family feudal duties. <laughs> you got to guess. You got to guess what's something that you always take on vacation. Emotional baggage. Baggage was up there. Uh, you'll never, you should never lie and remain faithful to your pledged word. Okay. You should be generous and give largesse to everyone. Largesse. Did you ever hear the, uh, the, the that that old joke? 
about um, you know uh, what what your flaw is at a job interview. Okay. Okay. It was. Um, I haven't heard it. So uh, here's here's what it was. I, I just like it because like my sister in law was was asked that question. Which was like, oh, so what's your biggest flaw? And I was hate mm-hmm. that in a job interview. Yeah, yeah. And so a uh, guy goes to a job interview, and the job interviewer says, uh, "So what's your biggest flaw?" Yeah. And the guy goes, uh, I, "I'm too honest." And the the guy goes, "Well, oh, it doesn't sound like a flaw at all. Uh, I don't think that's a flaw." And the guy goes, "I don't give a fuck what you think." <laughs> <laughs> Too honest. That's what I say, too. What's your biggest flaw? Too honest. And I work too hard. Um, Final one, number 10. Okay. You shall be everywhere and always the champion of the right and the good against injustice and evil. Here's my question. But I want to point out there's nothing in there about not screwing your friend's wife. True. Uh, Here's my question, then. Yeah. What if you were born in a country that's doing something wrong? Okay. Now, you've got to love the country that you were born in. Yes. Uh, but you've got to not fight for the country you were born in if they're doing something wrong. If it's contrary to the law of God, yes. Right. So well, I guess that's adultery, isn't it? It's against the law of God. Yeah, there's another 10 Lance rules. a lot. You might want to look up it while we're at it. <laughs> Lance a lot, yeah. you, uh, you dog. You sly dog. <laughs> yeah, Lance a lot was not a good person. If Charlie Brown... Charlie Brown. If Charlie Brown had been... Oh, we're going to make them into the Nights Round Table. Which would be which? Who would be Guinevere? Okay. Anyway, go on. If Charlie Brown yeah. had returned Peppermint Patty's affection, what do you think would have gone down? It would have been an underground comic strip. Maybe. I just think like she oh. would have gotten bored with him uh, almost immediately. I think she would not have been interested in him. She liked okay. him because he was unattainable. He was un- unattainable? Yeah. He was aloof and unattainable, and I think Peppermint Patty yeah. likes a challenge. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine, because Marcy was the one who re- he really should have been with. She liked him, too. That's right. Now, now that's something that they never pursued. Again, it's kids. But, <laughs> but... <laughs> that's right. They never slept together. But the Strangely. Idea, yeah, if they ever Riverdale this shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, both of them, who yeah. are best friends... Sure. Are attracted to the same guy. Yeah, Charlie Brown, who's no, he's a member of the Snakes, the gang. Yes, the, the I was snakes. like wondering if that was an episode of or an, a comic. Oh, uh, it's Riverdale. Yeah, I think it's Riverdale. Yeah, that would not be too bad. Yeah, it's almost weird. It's like they they did have a thing once where uh, they do occasionally do this thing where like Charlie Brown goes somewhere like camp. Yeah, and uh, and all of a sudden he's the cool kid at camp. That's like, a fun no one. one knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there was one where he did go to another neighborhood, and there was like. He ran like a baseball team and they all really respected him. Yeah. And and you almost get that with Peppermint Patty and Marcy. Sure. Because they are from another neighborhood. They're from a and different they neighborhood. don't yeah. know him really well. I think she knows him well enough because she's played baseball against him, though. So. Right. But she's got respect for him, I think, because he loses well. <laughs> like, he doesn't, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, but because she's from another town and doesn't super know him. And, you know, she's confused enough. She thinks the dog is a person. <laughs> she's got some problems. Yeah. Uh, he, he, they're attracted to him. But do they have to be from another town? It's interesting. It's, a, it's the idea of like, look, Charlie Brown, once you leave this fucking town, you're going to be fine. Because everyone else likes you. Everyone in the world, except for this town, <laughs> is the one place yeah. they don't respect you. But even in the place they don't respect you, you're still the manager of the baseball team. And they st- everyone still asks your advice, and everyone still hangs around you. You're fine, Charlie Brown. 
It's from the book. You're fine, Charlie Brown. <laughs> you're doing good. Yeah, you're doing good, Charlie Brown. Everyone's messed up, Charlie Brown. Yeah. Even, even the kids, they're patting birds on the head, as uh, <laughs> as our friend Louise has brought up. Yeah. I feel, well, I guess Pepper and Patty kind of had the, kind of the same sort of thing that happened with Snoopy, where she became like really overly, almost too dominant in the, in the, in the comic strip. If you listen, this is the problem, I think. Like, if you're a writer and you listen to your characters, yeah, uh, squeaky wheels get the grease sometimes. Okay, and you gotta you gotta throw the focus over to the lesser characters, sometimes the quieter characters. Uh, like, you know, you're writing a Simpsons comic. Bart's gonna always and Homer are gonna like, yeah, hey, look at us, look at us. And like, yeah. okay, and that's not my impression of either of those characters. <laughs> but Snoopy and Peppermint Patty are your rawr characters that you're like, yeah, you yeah. want to focus on them. They're the kaiju's. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Boy, that Snoopy has never been Godzilla. <laughs> too late now, I guess. But yeah, it could yeah. Have been that. Yeah. Well, it's not too late in the, the TV shows, I suppose, or the movies. But yeah. I mean, one of the big images of Snoopy is uh, the Macy's Day Parade, mm-hmm. where he's, you know, the giant balloon. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, we've seen him big. We can, we can go with that. <laughs> sure. Snoopy the Kaiju. That's pretty good. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Woodstock is Rodan. I'm not doing uh, Round Table all of a sudden. Now I'm doing <laughs> doing who they'd all be in uh, Godzilla-verse. I don't know anyone else. I'm going to go... Okay. So Snoopy is Godzilla. Yep. Uh, Rodan would be um, would be Woodstock. Yep. King Kong, I think, is Peppermint Patty. Okay. Yeah. She's, she's a Kaiju. Yeah. She's going to get mad at something yeah. at some point and just, ah, I can't stand it. And she's going to climb up somewhere high sure. and just be bothered by things. Yeah. I can't think of that. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, Frida's, Frida's cat is uh, Gamera. Okay. <laughs> I was going to go with the twins yeah. as whatever the multi-headed uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know the names of them. So yeah. that's where I'm I Wait. Yeah. Because are there any other twins involved in that? Are there triplets? Is there anyone else that's like duplicates? In the, in the, in the I peanuts verse. I don't know any of that off the top of my head. I only know the I only know the twins from the the Christmas special. And I think that what are their names? Seven and eight, something like that. Is that right? I think so, because that was the whole gag. Was like there was a kid, and you know his parents, you know, had all these kids, and they just numbered them at okay. a certain point. So like one of them was named like five, and then the other was named seven and eight. Yeah, the the twins were named like seven and eight. Okay. Yeah, Peppermint Patty's neighborhood. Hold it. <laughs> Yeah, there's Snoopy's going to yeah, Permanent Patty's neighborhood. Oh no, that's that's not uh, that's not the time that's that uh, Charlie Brown becomes you know uh, popular. I got to research this on my own. I apologize. <laughs> yes. Oh, the kite eating tree. That was creepy. The kite eating tree. Yeah. Yes, and the brilliant touch. Okay, when Snoopy was a uh, um, going through his period as an arm wrestler, what was his uh, what was his secret identity? I don't know, Joe. Wasn't Joe? No. Oh, what was it? Masked Beagle. A Beagle. A Masked Beagle. Okay, the that's masked right. Beagle. Oh, now you say that, I remember that. Yes. Who was that Masked Beagle? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who beat him, whether it was Peppermint Patty or Lucy or it was someone. Yeah. You know who never really had a lot of like uh, back and forth was was Lucy and Peppermint Patty. Because it feels like Lucy would like be a fuss budget and Peppermint Patty would not take that shit. No, 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 would no. Would not take that shit at all. No. But th- so it never ends up happening where like, you yeah. know, you would never, if you saw Lucy yelling at Peppermint Patty, she would like just roll up her fist and just <laughs> boom, take her to Plowtown. Yeah, I guess. 
Because those kids would beat each other up. And they fly backwards and their shoes would fly off. I think that's um, not very Schultzian, would be my review. Yeah, those characters those characters you can't put together. They don't work. No. It's too much. You know what would be weird is uh, is Schroeder yes. and Peppermint Patty. Because Peppermint Patty's a bit crass. Yeah. You know, and probably would not know about Beethoven. It would be an interesting, like... That would be a good one with Peppermint Patty laying on the piano the way that Lucy does. Yeah, and she's just... And she's and she's hearing Beethoven for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And really digging it. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, very, very crudely about it. Yeah. Very crudely. And then like, she just turns around and just goes, this is great, and slams her hands down and shatters the piano. <laughs> just destroys it. <laughs> and it's just like, ugh. Schroeder just says to her, I'm gay! <laughs> And then Peppermint Patty goes, and I'm not? And I'm like, what? I thought you liked Charlie Brown. Yeah. We call it liking Charlie Brown. That's the code. <laughs> I'm a friend of Chuck's. Sure. That's how we say it. And then you know. Yeah. How about Marcy? Yeah. She's a friend of Chuck's. Sure. Oh, we're all friends of Chuck's. Wait, are you saying you're a friend of Chuck's? Yeah. I just told you I was getting. Yeah, I know. But just say you're a friend of Chuck's. Okay. What year is this? Can we say things? I don't know. So on and so forth. I didn't realize that about Charlie Brown. Oh, it's not about Charlie Brown. I'm oh. saying Schroeder. Oh, Schroeder. Sure. <laughs> no, I, I think meant, Schroeder. I meant the Charlie Brown reverse. Sorry. Oh, and the Charlie Brown reverse. Yeah. 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 That's what I meant. We just call it Brown Town. <laughs> no, no, please don't call it that. <laughs> you do not call it that nope. at all. No. Nope. Uh, Dave. Yes, sir. Is it too early for music? I don't think so. It's, it's never too early. It's too early for a song. In my heart. It's how you know you're not the villain in a film. <laughs> Except sometimes you are. Captain Hook never got a song, did he? I don't think he did. Early Disney films did not give the villains songs. Later, yes. <laughs> the villain in uh, Hunchback, he gets a song. Yes. A uh, villain in uh, Cinderella, she does not get a song. The No, I guess not. Do the stepsisters get a song? No. No. No, they do not. I don't believe so. I believe, uh, yeah, there's a fine line between, you know, a firm line, where then all of a sudden villains had more personality. And then, they, oh, uh, uh, maybe Little Mermaid is the first one where, uh, like, Ursula gets a song. So okay. okay. I'm trying to think before then. like uh, Yeah, because uh, the uh, Gaston and uh, Beauty and the Beast gets a song. Yeah, that's that's after the kind of revolution. They go, yeah, oh, yeah. we can make these funny and yeah, yeah. You know, uh, popular again. Yeah, I'm trying to think like, uh, but I don't oh, think okay, it, how about uh, how Pinocchio? Do uh, Honest John, does Honest John get a song? Yeah, so like an actor's life for me. Yes, hi diddly D, an actor's life for yeah, me. Yeah, That's right, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, but they're more, they're not so much villains as they're like... Child traffickers. Child traffickers. <laughs> and to be fair, yeah. they're not child traffickers. Yes, they're puppet traffickers. They're wood traffickers. Now, <laughs> yes. where do those other kids come from on Donkey Island? Did they get sent there by Honest oh, John? Is Honest John collecting collecting kids for for? I don't remember the movie. Look, no. I don't know where those kids, but that that island is full of kids. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't realize that Honest John and uh, sells Pinocchio to the island. Oh, how does Pinocchio get to the island? I don't know. I think he does. Okay, I think he does. I think he he's, he gives him to the carriage. Okay, man. Okay. Who, by the way, is the evilest character in all Disney everything? Because he whips whips the donkey children. Uh, he is just, he is the devil, man. Yeah. That guy is just, you know, yeah. 
and and you're there cause, and, and you turn because of your sins yeah yeah you know and it's the sins of children mm-hmm. and now they're slaves forever that's right who's they, more wicked than that guy they call the no, whale monstro yeah i mean fucking monstro is just like trying to eat and live <laughs> yeah nothing 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 wrong with monstro <laughs> he's just got a weird name that's sure. his problem sure and he didn't name himself that was his mom <laughs> I somehow i think it's a name that he did not name himself or anyone name okay Okay, so uh, you ready for top five? I think I am. Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I know. I was just looking up. Uh, I was just looking up Pinocchio. But oh, okay. Fine. What do you want to know? I know I can answer any of your questions. No, you can't because you just asked one. No, no. Ask me another question. I'll, I can answer it right away. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, what was Jiminy Cricket doing on Donkey Island? Was he trying to convince Pinocchio to knock it off, or was he was he there? I don't think he was there. Was he? Well, I'm asking you. We're just doing this. You just said, ask me. What do you mean? Was he? Hey, so what's what, what was going on? Jeez. I, I can't believe this guy asked me. I don't think I, I didn't say I had the answers. Yeah. Uh, Honest John and Gideon are promised money by a mysterious coachman. If they can find disobedient boys uh, to take to Pleasure Island. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, though Honest John and Gideon are frightened by the coachman's implication yeah. on what happens to the boys, yeah. the former convinces Pinocchio to take a vacation uh, after his uh, terrible experience with Stromboli. Stromboli was the uh, the, uh, the Got No Strings uh, big show. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. Well, I don't know. I know all the answers to Pinocchio. Oh, you know nothing. <laughs> nothing, you know. <laughs> what was the name of the boy that he's friends with? On the On the island? Yeah. On Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island, yeah. You know, that kid. What's his name? <laughs> Donkey Ears? Lampwick. Lampwick. Oh, that's his right. His name's Lampwick. Yeah, I knew that. Okay, name... Uh, okay, here's the thing. Okay. Name five things. Okay, five things. Five sins. Five sins. They Smoke, commit. Smoking. Okay, smoking drinking, cigars. Playing pool. Getting drunk, that's right. Gambling, you're correct. Um, okay, you know, there's only one more. Fighting? Vandalism. Oh, vandalism. Yep. Eel. Oh. All right, but please. Right. Uh, so, uh, what's going on with uh, with music this week? Normally, you <laughs> pick a theme, oh. and we do a little t- sure. tribute to the old uh, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party podcast yes. you used to do. Well, we've had a few requests, a few a few suggestions. Okay, and uh, so this is from John Halbrooks, and he asked for uh, odd time signatures. Wow, that is interesting. That is that he asked for that. Yes, <laughs> that's strange. Did I write it out wrong for you to say it? That I don't way? know. I put in, <laughs> but you know, the secret to comedy timing. <laughs> yes, it, it is odd. It is odd that he would ask that. Yeah, not that it's an odd, it's odd time, but also this is an interesting request. But there are there is quite a few songs that have. You know, in rock and roll music that have uh, odd times to them. Yeah. And I think most of it isn't because the writers are schooled and then they're like, oh, I'm going to have some fun with time signatures. I think it's just that they write a song on their guitar and then they play it. And the way it comes out, it has an odd time, okay. has an odd, odd meter to it. Uh, so our first song is from an Australian band. This band is called the Go-Betweens, who uh, kind of started in the early, uh, late 70s and played throughout the 80s. And this is from their second album. This is a single, but also a, an album cut from their album Before Hollywood that came out in 1983. 
And this song is a nostalgic, well, I shouldn't say nostalgic because the writer of it would be mad at me for saying that it was nostalgic because <laughs> he said it wasn't nostalgia. It was autobiography oh, of okay. him describing returning home at different times of his life back to his parents were on a small farm in the outback and they had no, they had no electricity. So they couldn't even hear the music that he was making. He would have to phone his parents and sing, sing down the line to them. Oh. Uh, so they could hear the songs. Okay. And so uh, this song is called Cattle and Cane from The Go-Betweens. And this is, uh, like I say, from 1983. And just so people know, so you can count out at home, the verses are in 11-8 time. And the coda is in 11-8 time. The, the, the choruses are in 4-4, in common time, as it's called. So uh, give a listen. Get your metronome out. Okay. And keep track of, of the time here. All right. Let's give a listen to Cattle and Cane. Alone, so alone. 
All right, and we're back. And what do you think of that song? I really liked it. Uh, it was very smooth. Very smooth. Very <laughs> yes. smooth and very addictive. Yeah, yeah. Very, it. very, very 80s of a certain yeah, uh, yeah. genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like yeah, that. That wore its 80s outfit like a <laughs> like a uh, like a tie with uh, piano keys on it. Yes, <laughs> not quite that bad, but yes, yes, definitely. I mean, I love that type of music from that time period. You know, as long as it didn't have that horrible drum sound to it, I was I'm all over it to this day. But anyway, um, so our second song. Mm-hmm. Our second song. This is uh, another song from the 80s. This is The Stranglers, who at this point in their career were kind of in a in a career doldrums. Oh, okay. They had had a few hits in in the late 70s with their with their music. Um, and then they kind of, well, quite frankly, they got kind of weird. And people were kind of like, well, I don't know what they're doing. They did like an album called The Men in Black. Okay. And it was like this kind of like very elaborately written album about... This the men in black are like supposedly like I don't know if they're supposed to be like alien race or whatever that like shaped history throughout time, and that's what the album's all about. It's a very obscure kind of concept, and it seems a rather odd thing to hang your hat on at the end of the seventies. But okay, concept albums ahoy! Uh, but it didn't really do very well for them, and they kind of hit a bit of a career doldrums, and so they intentionally wrote to a more kind of poppy way for their their nineteen eighty one album La Folie. La Folie, which is French for madness. But they couldn't call it madness because that would have been stepping on the toes of the group madness. Right. Those nutty boys would have come over and beaten up the Stranglers. Not because they were tougher than the Stranglers. There's just more of them in the group. Yeah. Yeah. And they would just give one step beyond. um, That's right. Every time. (laughs) And so so this is from La Folie. This is actually the second single and kind of turned the band's fortunes around because it became quite a big hit. This is Golden Brown. It alternates uh, 6-8 and 7-8 time through the song. So let's give a listen, everyone, to Golden Brown. Once again, get your metronomes ticking. (laughs) And let's give a listen to, uh, like I say, Golden Brown from La Folie. like sun lays me down with my mind she runs throughout the night no need to fight never a frown with golden brown every time just like the last on her ship tied to the mast two distant lands takes both my hands Never a frown with golden brown Golden brown, fine attemptress She's heading west From far away Stays for a day Never a frown With golden brown Golden 
and we're back. I can't see how uh, Wes Anderson has not used that yet. He hasn't, he hasn't really Wes done Anderson. an 80s soundtrack to a movie oh, okay. yet, has he? That'll come. But that was very Wes Anderson to me. That, is that right? Yeah, yeah. It always feels like he is listening to music of a certain time, like a, of a certain type while he's making a movie, and then he incorporates that music into the movie. Or like he bought, like, it feels like when he made Rushmore, he had just bought mm-hmm. the Rhino invasion of the British Invasion collection. It's like, I think, 10 CDs of, of music from that time period. Like, every song that is in Rushmore is from that collection. Oh, wow. Or, it, it, like, it's, I don't, I'm not it's saying okay. for sure, it, but you know what I mean? It's an exaggeration, yeah. It, I mean, not every song is, but it is, I don't, I'm not saying that's exactly where he got them from, but that's what it feels like. It feels like he just got that, was loving those songs, got to go in the movie, you know? Like, it's just kind of interesting. Um, yeah, what, this album, or this song, the, the guitarist felt like it could have gone to number one, and it was heading there, mm-hmm. but the bass player, Jean-Jacques Burnell, gave away the fact that the song was about heroin. Oh. And it got banned from radio play, and it sunk the chances of it uh, being a big, bigger hit than it was already. Which is uh, kind of interesting. I've heard that that song, Cocaine, is also about drugs. Uh, partly. Okay. It's also about cocaine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, because, well, the Hugh, Hugh Corn, Cornwell, the guitarist singer for the stranglers said the song was partially about heroin and partially about uh some women he knew he said because both gave him great pleasure Aww. both gave him great pleasure and also explained the two-year gap b- between this album and the next one anyway um let's move on this is this is the music that i first learned about time signatures from this uh, signatures and odd time signatures from this album this sure. is the first time i remember reading the liner notes for this record when i was a kid my dad owned this record and would play it for us. And uh, when we listened to it without him, he got really upset. We didn't understand that. We thought, well, you wanted, I thought you were showing us too because you liked this and wanted to listen to it. No, no. <laughs> don't, don't scratch my record. But anyway. Oh, I see. I was like, but we guys, didn't. No we were careful. We were careful. No, I, I would agree. This is definitely a dad's record. This is definitely a dad's record, yeah. So yeah. This, is, this is Dave Brubeck. From, this is next to, this to me is like, I will see this right next to a Frank Sinatra record. Yeah, like, yeah. Come fly with me. It's like this and come fly with me and then some British comedy album. Yeah. The, you know, when I'm washing windows or something. This is, uh, I could have gone with Time Out, but I think everyone knows that song pretty well. And it's not the most excitingly weird time signature in the world. I think it's like, five, I don't know, five, eight, or that kind of camera what it is. But, but this is Blue Rondo a la Turk. Okay. Which is the leadoff song in the first side. And it's in 9 8 time, which apparently is based on some Turkish music, street music that Dave Brubeck heard when he was in Turkey. But they play it as 3 3 3, so 3 2, like 3 3 3 3 to get the 9 8. But they do this song as 2 2 2 and then 3, and then alternate it with a 3 3 3 bar. So it's kind of a different little bit. Well, different. when you go to another country, you got to set your yeah. time uh, to a different uh, musical time. <laughs> and uh, Mozart Connection, because I know that okay. this is John Hellbrooks, who's is our Mozart Minute. Yeah, for, and he uh, does his podcast, uh, yeah. Mo Mozart. <laughs> Mo, Mo, Mo Mozart, Mo Problems. That's right. Uh, that's what Salieri said. Um, yeah, Mozart had a song called Rondo a la Turca. And so they took that title and made it to Blue Rondo a la ah, Turk. Okay. Because um, when Dave Brubeck was asking one of these musicians about their music, they said, this is our blues. Like, you have your blues oh, in America, okay, this is yeah, our right. blues. And so he used that as the title. So this is, like I say, from a Time Out, which, or sorry, Take Five, which came out in, nine, and it was called Take Five because of all the uh, weird time signatures yeah. on it. I think there's only two songs that use common time. 
Anyway, this is uh, from 1959. Blue Rondo a la Turk.
And we're back. we're back. Okay, two things that makes me think of. Sure. One, definitely, yeah, as we talked about, our dads. Our dads, yes. Yeah. Definitely. If this would be the thing. My dad was in, I think, like, his favorite artist was 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 Brubeck. Uh, at, his, uh, at his service, uh, he played Take Five. Yes. So even though I really like Take Five, it's very hard to hear it without thinking of my dad and, like, immediately going that. Yeah. But this song is just a straight out da 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. But the other thing it makes me think of is CBC's Off the Air. Like it was one of the songs. Okay. I mean, the most played song. Yeah. Was uh was Music Box Dancer. Uh, okay. They would always they always By play Frank Mills. Da, 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 da. CBC is broken and we're trying to fix it. Da, 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 da. Please don't turn off the channel. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. they would also occasionally play this as like okay. one of the songs that would be like over an image of you know uh, Mr. Dress Up. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Sesame Street crew on a school bus going on a yeah. vacation. Um, yeah, and of course, Music Walk Dancer is commonly used with ice cream trucks here in Canada. Yes. But you wouldn't hear this song on an ice cream truck. No. That's no, it. because it would sound like the ice cream truck was going too fast. <laughs> Police would just be pulling them over, <laughs> pulling all, the time. over all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, our next song is a rockin' song. This is uh, for 1973. It's Led Zeppelin from their... Uh, great album, Houses of the Holy. Okay, that's not the one you sent me. I sent you the ocean? Oh, no. oh no, I'm, oh sorry, I have it mixed up in my notes here. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry, let me go the other way. Everyone, sorry. Uh, that was called Foreshadowing. Uh, the next song is uh, I Say a Little Prayer. We have some more Burt Bacharach. Yeah. And this is, um, now we played Burt Bacharach last, last, ep- last time when we did this. Right. So I didn't want to, even though I love Dionne Warwick and I love her version of the song, I chose the Aretha Frank Aretha Frank version because we had Warwick, we had Warwick last time yeah so yeah. I just thought we'd mix it up a little bit and have Bert Bacharach by the way is one of my favorite Marvel characters <laughs> yes why just because that's his name his, his name's Bert Bacharach because like, it's know. a BB yeah it's a BB name yeah yeah. darn it Bert Bacharach <laughs> <laughs> yes the musician experimenting with gamma radiation yes yeah. and music so he wasn't uncommon for him to use uh, sort of odd times in his music because he was, unlike many of the people that were playing here, uh, Dave Brubeck would fall outside of this, but unlike many of the other people, he was a trained composer. Like he went and had composing lessons from uh, like a big time composer, you know, okay. and like learned learned about, um, you know, musical uh, arrangement and stuff like that. So he he brought some learning to his, to the, his trade, but... Um, so yeah, so let's give a listen to I Say a Little Prayer. This uh, song, okay, so so its verses are alternate 4-4 four, four, and 10-4 okay. with the chorus in 11-4. Okay. So there we go. So this so is... 10-4, good buddy. So this is Aretha, Aretha Franklin. This was a, a single, but oh, it was a B-side okay. to a single. But then it became really popular. I think the B-side was for The House That Jack Built. But then this this became the popular B-side. Um uh, DJ started flipping it and playing this song instead, and so it became quite a hit. It was also on her album Aretha Now in 1969. The original song came out in 1966 and was written uh, by Bacharach and David as a song. Uh, they were thinking of the characters as uh, war, war wives whose husbands oh. were fighting in Vietnam and were thinking about their oh, their husbands okay. in danger or boyfriends in danger, and that's what the song was about. But this, and we can still say it's the same thing, but this is a later version from 69. Okay. Enough of that. Let's listen to the actual song. Here we go. I say a little prayer.
And we're back. That takes me to the 70s. I'm lying on a carpet looking at the ceiling and it's on the radio. Is that right? You heard? Yeah. You remember hearing this song? Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't remember hearing I remember, this song. I remember my mom listening to this song and singing along to it. Okay. I remember it was on CGA, CJAD Radio in Montreal. CJAD. <laughs> I don't think they ever called it that, but yeah. <laughs> You're listening to CJAD. CJAD. All the JAD all the time. <laughs> you like JAD? <laughs> we love JAD. Okay. <laughs> I kind of promoted a little early, but once again, I gave a taster for this, but uh, here we are for the actual meal. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> this is uh, Led Zeppelin from their, as I said earlier, fantastic 1973 album, Houses of the Holy. Uh, and it's the final song in the album, The Ocean, which I always love. I love this song. I just love the ending so so much. And I, it's like a great way to sort of sign off on, a, on, a, on an album. I often say to people like, you know, it followed... The fourth Led Zeppelin album, the untitled, whatever you want to call it, Zoso or Led Zeppelin 4. And, you know, which is like a monumental, like a masterpiece of an album with so many great songs on it. And then this this album has to follow. And it, and yes, arguably the songs aren't as good, but it's so well programmed that it feels great when you get to the end of it. You feel mm. like, I'm going to listen to this record again because it was so such a great, fun trip. So, nice. And especially when it ends with this song, which... Alternates common time four four and seven eight in this song, and so let's give a listen to the ocean. Nom, 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 nom,
Rocking Good Times there, and apparently the lyric references um, Robert Plant's daughter, who was I think four years old at the time. But he would, as they sang the song live, he would he would change the change the uh, her mention, change the the age. So and people would yell, "Hey, she used to be four, and now she's six. Which <laughs> is it, Robert? That's right. Get your story straight. <laughs> so I don't like people changing the lyrics." First of all, you're changing the time signature. Now you're changing the ages. <laughs> time has no meaning anymore, Mr. Plant. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So that's top five songs. But okay, well, let me just say this. Okay, I said nothing about it. Oh yeah. Okay. First of all, yeah. I listened to it. Yes, you so did. So I should say stuff. <laughs> you should say stuff. Uh, this reminded me of uh, being at a party in North Delta. This mm. feels like this is. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. We're near the end of the party. Uh, someone had a little too much to drink. There's a person crying in one of the rooms. Some people are going, no, don't let him yeah. get to you. No, it's not. he's not worth it. And the person they're talking about, me. Uh, I am not worth it. Uh, and, uh, someone and spilled yeah, uh, vodka and orange juice on the couch. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, that's no, okay. I got it. And their brother Dave has to clean it up the next day. Oh, wait a second. It's starting to sound kind of personal. <laughs> yeah, How old is too. Dave at this time? This is a teenager. You're a little older okay, than his brother. Wait brother's. a second. He used to be younger than that in the past. <laughs> None of this story makes sense. None of this story is holding up. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't a party person, but my brothers like to have parties. Nice. And then... I would be the person cleaning up for the party. Party brothers, what's funner than party brothers when you just want to read? <laughs> Sad and yet true. I would just stay in my room. It's too noisy downstairs. Hey, fellas. <laughs> That's enough noise. Oh, gosh, I'm trying to read this Chaucer. I'm reading my bird book. Come on, boys. Get out of here. What's your bird book? One flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> Technically, it's a bird book. Technically... 
that's what I'm reading it for grade 12 literature. Um, I thought, I know we were going to, we did top five, but I just want to yeah, do so one more done. song. One more song. Wrap it up. One more song. I'm going to pack my bags. One more song. Because I cannot. I got room I service cannot. coming. <laughs> I always feel like, you know how much I love the Beatles. But I always feel like putting what? a Beatles wait, wait song. A second. What? Yeah, what? I do. This I do. Is new to me. I know. <laughs> I haven't realized huh? this. Okay. I've kept it pretty well hidden. All right. But all through our podcast, completely Beatles. Yeah, all through it. Um, I really like this group, but I always feel like it's a, it's a waste of a song to put a Beatles song into a top five because everyone knows the songs. Okay. Everyone knows the Beatles, so they're not going to be like, "Oh, Dave, what?" So, uh, but anyway, John Lennon being a bit of you know, he was an untutored musician, did okay. not take any formal training. And yet incredibly intuitive and also really uh, daring and like to challenge himself and his bandmates. And there's no song more challenging in the Beatles catalog for them to play live, particularly, which they did this song live in the studio. If you want to hear more about this song being recorded, listen to part two of our White Album, Completely Beatles episode. Yeah, I was just going to go, I don't really know what more I can say about it that we discussed it for. No, we did discuss it for a long time. A very long episode, (laughs) yes. In fact, it was such a long episode, it was two episodes. Yeah, yeah. The well, it was two sided. It was a two sided album. I mean, two al- like That's two right. records, right? So of course it'd be two two podcasts. It'd be impossible to fit in. And otherwise, we would have been there for a day. We've had to stop, have a picnic lunch, and then finish the rest of yeah, the. Yeah, we wouldn't have wanted that. No picnic lunch <laughs> on a nice day. You, me, and uh, David M. It'd been terrible. Oh, this has been awful. <laughs> some lemonade, maybe some nice uh, sandwiches. This one kind of nice, actually. Oh god, damn it! I want to have a picnic right now. David and I went and saw. Um, we went and saw Sparks together. At the uh, Vogue on oh, Tuesday. Oh, okay. Not to be confused with the book of the not, same Not name. the book. No, this is the band. Okay. Sparks. The, we went and saw, saw them play live. And I got to say, fantastic show. Oh, great. If you have a chance to see Sparks, if they're coming to your neck of the woods, I highly recommend you go see them. It's a very entertaining show. It's amazing. You know, they're older than us by, you know, a bit. Yeah. And... People that were born before us are. Yeah. And... But it's amazing how... Much range uh, Russell Mail still has as a singer. Oh, nice. Like, he was hitting the high notes in This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us. Like, li- live, like, hitting the notes. It was crazy. And that was in his first show of the, of, you know, the tour. Like, it was amazing. And there's other songs, like, uh, Number One in Heaven, they have to sing really high on, and he was just hitting all the notes. It's crazy. I really like that song. Yeah. Yeah. It's a band of many careers. Many careers, because you know it's funny. Like people were there. Someone was in line. They're like, they're like, oh, I love this band. I started listening to them. Uh, for, I bought their first record uh, in 1970, whatever. And I was like, I was like, oh, I bought my first record was 1982 or 90 or maybe 83. I bought uh, Sparks in Outer Space, the one with a pie. Russell being hit or more on one of the guys being hit in the face by a pie. I do not. I could not look at that record right now because it's in a box. Oh, in I a thought you meant because of your sugar fast. It's in a warehouse. <laughs> I can't, I can't not, look at any uh, albums that have It's pie. not visible to the human eye. But anyway, Happiness is a Warm Gun. Is it? In, does it have odd time signatures? Does it have one odd time signature? Yes. Does it have two odd time signatures? Yes. Does it have five odd time oh signatures? Why, well, yes, it does. It's in 3-8. Poor Ringo. 5-4. 6-4, oh and 12-8. Fortunately, Ringo Starr is a great drummer. And also, you missed out, also in Fab Four. <laughs> in Fab Four, yes. And the uh, I, remember, I love when you made that joke during Clean Movie Beatles as well. Did uh, I make that joke? No, I don't, okay. don't remember. Sorry. But you know what time signature it's not in? What's that? Number nine. Number nine. You're correct. Um, I was going to say, like they insisted on playing this live in the studio as well. Like in, instead of like recording it in, in bits and pieces, yeah. the way it was written in bits and pieces, it's basically like a uh a uh 
com- uh, portmanteau of various oh, songs okay, that yeah. Lennon had, was working on, and he kind of put, put them all together into one song. And yeah, so I guess that's why it's in so many different time signatures. Also, the fact that John Lennon was a nut, like just you know the way he played, the way he composed was you know so so unique. So uh, let's listen to "Happiness Is a Warm Gun," everyone, and let's enjoy it in three eights, five four six four nine eights, and twelve eights time. <laughs> Here we go. She's not a girl who misses much. Oh, yeah. She's well acquainted with the touch of the velvet hand like a lizard on a window pane. The man in the crowd with the multicolored mirrors on his hobnail boots. With his eyes while his hands are busy working overtime A soap impression of his wife which he ate and donated to the National Trust say anything more about one of the greatest songs ever because we've talked it oh so good we've talked it so much so good mother superior jump the gun fantastic Mm -hmm. okay i guess uh you want to turn to the mailbag i certainly i I certainly do before i do though Hmm? so uh just one more pinocchio thing sure so pinocchio you got the coachman who said is the most evil character in uh disney yes very evil it's all uh you know who is mm-hmm. the coachman's opposite character in Pinocchio? Who's the opposite character the in Pinocchio? The opposite character to the to, to the to the coachman. Who is their opposite? Because they have an opposite in the uh, in the uh, film Pinocchio and in the story Pinocchio. It has a different name in the book, but yeah. 
than in the, the movie. That might be a clue. You're not talking about Jiminy Cricket, are you? No. Okay. Because Jiminy Cricket doesn't have any, uh, can't do the things the coachman does. The coachman uh, can has like powers. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the coachman turns ki- kids into donkeys. And Jiminy Cricket doesn't have any. Oh, okay. Powers. So I guess the Blue Fairy would be That's the... right. The Blue Fairy is his opposite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're the, the moral opposites. And she's blue and then he's red. Oh, okay. So they contrast each oh, other. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. basically, you know, angel demon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But in the book, is what evil. is the Blue Fairy called? It's not called the Blue Fairy. It's called... Do I have no idea? It's called the Fairy with the Turquoise Hair. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is a very sweet name. That is sweet. Oh, uh, so, well, this one thing, more thing about the Sparks concert. Please. So the way it worked was um, David wrote to me and he said, hey, do you want to go see Sparks? They're coming hey, in. Dumb, dumb. <laughs> hey, dum-dum. Hey, dum-dum. As he always calls you. They're coming, in, they're coming in March. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. I'll get tickets and blah, blah, blah. So I wrote on our family chat. I said, you know, we're going to go see Sparks. Who would like to go? Mary wrote back and said, uh, n- uh, not me. And Lisa never responded. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that as a no because I, uh, I got to get tickets. So I bought tickets for David and I. We were in row four. Okay. We, got, we were VIPs. We had VIP badges. We right. got VIP badges. We got spark socks. That's right. And a spark You got pin. all that uh, good VIP-ness. That too. And... Spark socks, okay. Then... And a, and a little bad, a little or a butt pin, little pin, little uh, enamel pin. Saying, ask me about my socks. <laughs> and then, <laughs> that's very suitable because I would, I would ask about them. So then, then Mary and, and Lisa are like, oh, I wish we were going. I'm like, well, no, no one said anything. I asked. No means no. And that's right. Nothing means no. Yeah. And so, so I thought, well, I'm going to buy tickets for them. So I bought tickets like quite a while later. And so they were like up in the nosebleeds yeah. together. And we were down at the no floor. They were, were there with Stromboli and we were down with the Blue Fairy. And uh, it was good though because like in line, like they were standing in line in the, in the you know, the riffraff line. And yeah. Dave and I were going into the VIP line where we could get in faster. And so I was like, well, so long suckers. <laughs> Those VIPs are going down this way. You know, and then people in line are like looking around like, what? what's going on? Why is this person attacking these poor people? And then um, later on, I went up, I went up to see them. So they got into the bathroom. And I thought, well, I'm nearby. I've had to go upstairs. I'll, I'll go the rest of the climb up to see them. Yeah. And I got up there and I was like, I was like, oh, oh, I need oxygen. What? How high are we up here? <laughs> I think, I think we passed the, the cloud layer. Oh, oh man. Yeah. They appreciated it. <laughs> Then they said, nice socks. They pushed you down I wasn't the wearing the stairs. <laughs> pushed me down the stairs. I would have deserved it. Landed, yeah. Oh, I landed on my enamel pin. <laughs> oh, my enamel pin. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it was fun. It was a good concert. Like I say, it was great. Excellent. Great times. Good band. Good stuff. Nice. And no opening act, which was a blessing. Oh, double plus good. You know, they're, they're, they're elderly like me, so they're like, do we need someone to... Do we we need all to be, need we, to go to sleep, yeah. right, fellas? Yeah. We were home at 11. It's perfect. So uh, I'm turning to the mailbag. That's what we do. I'm turning with the mailbag. Okay. How about you going to the mailbag? And I've got a clue that the first letter will be from Edward. Um, <laughs> last uh, last week we asked uh, multiple questions such as, what is the funniest, most striking celebrity name that's actually their birth name? Yes. Also we asked. That was a letter uh from Putin, that's right. From Vladimir <laughs> I was going to say posted, but Putin, it didn't make sense. Which, which is too bad. We said, like, oh, it was, but well, we got it before he was, you know, took his heel turn. 
<laughs> yes, before he was such a good guy. Yeah. Now he's a villain. Uh, no, this yeah. was a question posited by Jonathan Bampton. Jonathan, quote unquote, Jonathan yeah. Bampton. Yeah, he was a real uh, Smithers when it came to uh, winning the lottery twice. Um, and then, uh, not so- Smithers, the character from uh, The Simpsons. No, Smithers, Smithers the, the town, town of Smithers. That's right. In British Columbia. Uh, to which fictional character can you relate? Really relate is the other question. Mm. Uh, so uh, Edward uh, Dragansky. Yeah, it does seem like his name's fake, eh? Because he's got dragon in there. Yeah. Now that that's been brought up, <laughs> it feels like we rearrange these letters. Yeah. Yeah. Can we get something? I'm going to just enter his name into Wordle tonight and see what happens. Yeah, try that. All right. Um, so Real name, Ed Argansky. Yeah, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do a bit at a time each time. Yeah. Uh, so, because uh, Edward, I can, I can make warded. Warded, yeah, that'll work. Ward. Yeah, all right. Anyway, uh, he writes. Warded would not work in Wordle because it's five letters. It has to be five letters. <sighs> Shit. Wait, no, it's not. Is it five letters? Yeah, five letters, yeah. Poor. Okay. Oh. Reward? No. Shit, it's hard. Oh, well, we'll, we'll figure this out. Uh, how about, how about uh, grade? Grade? Where are you getting the G from? From Dr- Dragansky? Yeah. Oh, you're taking a letter from the Yeah, I'm just, word? I don't care. Oh, well, we're boring letters from all over the place. <laughs> then I'll make up any word. Oh, all right, all right. How hard is that? Uh, then again. Yeah, that's easy. Uh, anyway, just finished the podcast, and I'm responding to Jonathan's request about my name being a nominative uh, determinism. First, I had to look up nominative uh, determinism sure. so I could respond, because that's a real $10 word. <laughs> I assume Jonathan is curious about the dragon in my name being a fitting example, since I am writing into Sneaky Dragon. It is, in fact, my real name, and has been traced back to the borders of Germany and Poland, where the Dragansky uh, family adopted a German infant named Gottfried. Uh, according to my family's genealogy, the Draganskis were Polish fishermen on the border back when the border lines blurred and moved around quite a bit. Sounds like someone had a sight problem. Wear some glasses, whoever that was. Uh, this led to uh, many German Polish... Terrible mar- map maker. Yeah. Like, well, I don't want to wear them. I look like a nerd. It's like, well, don't make the map then. Oh, I don't know. It's all blurry and whatever. Wear glasses. Or at least a monocle. We're German, for crying out loud. This led to many... Uh, no, we're German. Uh, this led to many German-Polish marriages and social interaction back then. So it wasn't uncommon that a Polish family would raise a German infant left to them. Uh, he adopted the name Dragansky so that as far back as my father can go with... Uh, so that's as far back as my father can go with his genealogy. Unfortunately, since we'll never know uh, Gottfried's last name, uh, we can only go back to around the mid-19th century. The name has lasted this long and will go on with my son Alec as well as well as several of my cousin's sons. Uh, we've been sure to pass the story on to them so they can pass it on to future generations. And now, of course, it's been on our podcast. So there you go. It's been passed on to literally dozens. <laughs> uh, in full disclosure, I actually started listening to David and Ian's podcast, Full Marks, being a diehard Marx Brothers fan. I was Dragansky uh, then in my truest form and not Drago, the long lost Polish Marx brother. <laughs> only then, uh, I, only then I took, I then took on a few episodes of the flagship podcast, Sneaky Dragon, still using my true name, Dragansky. To be honest, Jonathan, I've been asked this question many times and it is in fact my real name. Oh, well, sounds kind of angry about it. Uh, it wasn't until about the mid nineties that I actually found a piece of clip art showing a dragon on skis. 
that I realized I didn't have to design a logo for myself, even <laughs> if it was painfully obvious and cliche. <laughs> yes, dragons on skis. Ugh, so, yeah. so common. Yeah, that's uh, that old hack thing. <laughs> um, uh, Jonathan uh, Bampton replies, Hi, Ed. Uh, thanks so much for your family history. Genuinely fascinating. My surname is comparatively humdrum. Uh, there are three towns called uh, Bamptons in England, and my name comes from one of them. I love the BAM part of my name to death, but I have to, uh, but have to have a P following an M uh, leads to a lot of trouble. Dragansky is a kick-arse name. Uh, I've only been to Bampton in uh, Oxfordshire, but one of the other two uh, features in Withnail and I, uh, a tea room, oh, sorry, but one of the other two features in Withnail and I. Hmm. Uh, a tea rooms or a phone book scene? Never seen it. Uh, oh, you should. It's good. Um, in normal circumstances, I hope I wouldn't be uh, another one of those people quizzing you on your name. I was merely struck by the coincidence of the podcast name and your family handle. Plus, I was eager to show off my recently learning uh, the word nominative determinism. Stop saying this so I have to keep saying it. <laughs> It's a hard one. I had stumbled over it myself last week. It came up in Dirty Harry Minute uh, when comedian Alice Fraser said, well, if the character is called dirty enough, then surely he might uh, behave like a wrong one at some point. Anyway, thanks, Ed. Uh, Ed replies, well, Jonathan, I have you to thank for increasing my vocabulary with some new words and what they mean. I don't uh, mind being the object of discussion due to my name. I've been asked about it many times and not in the reference uh, but not in the, in the reference of your curiosity. I'm glad you asked. I'm flattered. And it was an intelligent and fun inquiry. <laughs> Jeez! Guys, get a blurry border, you two. <laughs> Never pass an opportunity to be the most intelligent one in the room, Jonathan. You own it, brother. John replies, that's very interesting, Ed. And perhaps it might inspire a future question of the week. Do you have an interesting story about your name? <gasps> Let's write that shit down. <laughs> Lazy mm-hmm. times. Story name. Okay, good, good stuff. Oh, what? Could you write uh, Peter Ayres down on your uh, piece of paper there? I certainly can. Done. When you get to the end of these comments, ask me why. No. <laughs> you know how we talked about Louise earlier? Yeah. Her her letter wasn't here, and that just just <gasps> like, appeared as I said her name. Wow. In that way, she's like Candyman. <laughs> Louise writes. The first funny celebrity baby names I remember hearing about were Moon Unit Zappa and her brother Dweezil Zappa, due to our surname, which is Moon. Uh, my brothers and I uh, were occasionally the butt of schoolyard jokes. So I thought it was selfish <laughs> of Frank Zappa to burden uh, his kids with such weird names. But no one else in the entertainment industry has those names, so I guess he was on to something. Uh, Louise, have you ever uh, complained about this being the butt of jokes uh, to Brent Butt? I'm curious. <laughs> Seems like he, he would be the one person who would go like, come on, you know, and he's done fine. He's done fine. You guys have all got Gemini Awards. You're fine. Uh, yes, I saw. Oh, I, I mentioned uh, the Paw Patrol sketch on, on Saturday Night Live because yes. Louise is a writer for this uh, series, the biggest hit series in the universe. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing compared to this. Yeah. Name whatever famous show you can think of. Bullshit. Dark Shadows. Nothing. Dark. Well, maybe Dark Shadows. Yes, I saw the Paw Patrol sketch on Saturday Night Live. I like that it satirized political attack ads as well as the series. I especially liked when Oscar Isaac's uh, politician character said, Marshall the Fire Dogs, jokes never miss. Thanks. <laughs> of course, he couldn't possibly be implying they were in any way silly or lame. 
As a teenager, I wrote and recorded a Greek mythology parody of Weekend Update instead of an essay for my English class. So it was flattering to see uh, them returning the favor and uh, parodying the show I write for. Hera, you ignorant slut. Um, a fictional character I identified with was Lucy from Peanuts. There was a story arc where Linus was patting birds on the heads. Uh, other characters kept telling Lucy, and it was driving her crazy. When I was in high school, my twin brother became a born-again Christian and began to uh, evangelize at school. My classmates would come up and say things like, your brother told me I was going to hell. <laughs> Is that evangelizing? All right. I don't know. My sister told me. Winning friends and influencing people. Yeah, (laughs) that's more likely. He and his Christian club friends once got into trouble for sliding religious tracks into the vents of everyone's lockers. Oh, my God. When I opened my locker, one fell out onto me. I never uh, thought I had uh, much in common with Lucy, but then I saw those strips in a Peanuts collection and I sympathized (laughs) with her for the first time. You know what? Linus did bring up uh, the Bible a bit. He did? Yep. It's true. He did quote scripture. Uh, Edward uh, replies, uh, Louise, I was going to mention Dweezil and Moon Unit until oh, I have to start over. And then uh, Louise comments about your uh, title card that you did. Oh, what did she say? Your NFT uh, one. He went, she went, non-fungible title card? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nina, the third dragon, writes, It's funny that Ian picked John Hamm as someone with a striking birth name. Because his Madman co-star's birth name is my pick, that being January Jones. Hmm. Yeah, she was in uh, she was in the X Men movie First Class. Yes. Uh, and again, she's got a very Marvel name, January Jones. Mm-hmm. Feels like Emma Frost. No, keep January Jones. Go with that. That's your Marvel name. Keep it. Uh, Edward Dragansky, uh, back again. Yeah. Back again. Here comes Ed. He's got more. What's he said? I'll tell you. I'm going to have to catch up next time, guys. I owe you some stuff about Texas and Galveston, as well as this week's answers. I'm writing checks this week. I'll never catch Kirk out. He's gone. <laughs> wow. Like the wind. He was gone. The wind cried Edward. Yeah. And uh, wait a minute. Dropping my mug. He was Kaiser Sose. <laughs> um, I'm now picturing him walking down the street with a limp. Yeah. As the Dr. Pepper theme song plays. Mm. I'm a pepper. He's a, and then it just starts straightening out. His leg straightens out. And he starts dancing. And I was like, oh, it's that guy. Um, hell, uh, John H. writes, hello, gentlemen. Hello, John. Shows what he knows. <laughs> you were pondering this when you read my letter last week. It's pronounced Mobile, Alabama. The more oh. mobilian you are, the more ease you put on the second syllable. <laughs> also, Dave, you said you discovered Austin and Dickens in the same undergraduate course. Uh, no, not Dickens. I should I shouldn't have said that. My first okay. my first experience with Dickens was my mum bought my mum bought these four I maybe more than four, but she bought some hardcover books. Some classics. Classic literature. Okay. And the reason she bought them. So they would look nice on a bookshelf in our entryway. That's right. Don't touch them. They could not. We're not supposed Do to touch them. Do not touch them. Don't touch those books. But I did. You little dickens. <laughs> Indeed, I read David Copperfield, which was there. And uh, I loved it. I really loved it. And so I read a Nicholas Nickleby next, which I didn't love quite as much. Also a good Marvel character. <laughs> He's a very great Nick Nickleby. And yeah. So Damn it, Nick, Nick, you missed all the action. 
So I've sort of, I might have implied that I, I now that I think back, I might, I might have implied that I read, because I think we read Hard Times in that class, but it was not my first time reading Dickens. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Okay. I apologize if I, I went, I, anyway. Misspoke. Also, Dave. Misspoken in this. All right. You'll be happy to learn that after Persuasion, we are reading Our Mutual Friend. Oh, a good one. Although I think a bit of a, if I remember, that's the one where Dickens kind of wimps out at the end of the book because the. the oh, but do you want to tell him what the ending is because he's reading it? I'm sure he's read it. He's a professor who's teaching it to children. After, or students, not children, but students. Okay, as long as he's read it. I don't think he's reading his cliff notes and then running. Fine, all right. I just wanted to say <laughs> people think, but go ahead. Mutual friend, go ahead. I, I wasn't going to spoil it. I was oh. just going to say that, that Dickens, uh, he chickened out at the end. He, he changed the what should have been the end of the book. He, he switched, did a switcheroo. Because I think he felt like he didn't want to go in a sort of dark direction. Okay. And so he went a different way. Maybe because he, I'm not too sure. I did read, I didn't read all of his books chronologically, but I read a bunch of his books chronologically. Like I read a bunch of the books that I hadn't read yet okay. chronologically. And stuff, reading like Dombey and Son and things of like that. And uh, that's that's a book I thought was really great. Dombey oh, and nice. Sons. Yeah. Okay. Arden Mutual Fun is really good too. But um, like I say, it does feel like he, uh, does feel like a cheat at the end. If it's, if it's a correct one. Man, they've all come together in my brain now. This has nothing to do with nothing. When I was nine, we went to, um, we went to the Bahamas. And uh, my dad bought me um, a, a book of uh, Rudyard Kipling. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just devoured it. <laughs> Couldn't get enough of it. And he was like, come on, let's go outside. No. <laughs> what was it? Was it Jungle, jungle Stories? or uh, There were some Just So Stories. There was Ricky Tiki Tabby. Okay. Uh, There's a couple others that were in there. Nice. Yeah. I loved Ricky Tiki Tabby. Uh, for the last third of the semester, the students will be working on a collaborative project, A Reader's Guide to Our Mutual Friend, mm. from an ecological perspective. Interesting. They'll be publishing this online and presenting their ideas at a conference in May. Interesting, because the, the main character, or the one character is kind of like a, a junk collector, right? And is that the book where there's a spontaneous combustion? No. Oh man, it's been a while since I read it. Let me know, John. I might just be throwing out all kinds of weird guesses here. Ricky Tiki Tabby had a cobra. By the way, I'm commenting on the website rather than emailing this week because there were uh, because there were more emails last week. So I thought I would uh, redress the balance. We'll seesaw. So my new rule of thumb: if there are fewer than three emails in a given week. I will comment via email the following week. Does that seem fair? It sounds like a math problem to me. I'm happy to be guided <laughs> by you, though not in all matters. Uh, question of the week. Uh, Where are you underwear backwards, John? Stri- <laughs> most striking celebrity names. The best I can come up with at the moment is Paul Hollywood, simply because his name accords so well with his easygoing narcissism. Hmm. All right. And sub-question of the week. Uh, rather than relating to fictional characters, I prefer to think of empathizing with them. It's an important distinction because, to me, the power of fiction is it allows you to emphasize, empathize, empathize with imaginary people that are uh, quite different from us. So my answers are all women, despite the fact that I am not a woman. And I think <laughs> you will notice a trend. Eleanor Dashwood, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Bennett. Can I wait, wait a second. So okay. Eleanor Dashwood, Sense and Sensibility. Elizabeth Bennett. Pride and Prejudice. Fanny Price. Mansfield Park. Emma Woodhouse. Emma. Anne Elliott. Uh, that would be Persuasion. Also, Dorothea Brooke. I don't know that one. You, I don't know who that is either. Uh, you may wonder why I left out Kathleen Moreland. I was. I have <laughs> my reasons. I will back off. Um, and Backwards Dragon has reached January of 2021. More updates soon. 
Be well, all you sneakers. Is Catherine Moreland from, um, from, uh... Look, he's got his reasons. <laughs> is she from, Do we oh, what's... down this path? Uh, at the, Ab- the Abbey one. What's, what's that one? Oh, my God. How can I forget the title of a Jane Austen book? That is uh, sad. Dorothea Brooke is Middlemarch. Middlemarch. Ah, oh, see, I've never read any Elliot. Okay. I got to do that's a real that's a real uh, blank like a real blank spot in my reading uh, history. Mm-hmm. I got to get down to that because he was she was a big friend of Trollope. Trollope was a huge fan of. Oh, there you go. Friends. We almost had a dollop of Trollope. Yeah. Right there, a bit of Trollope for everyone. But I'm thinking of what's that one called? Abbey something Abbey. Yeah, not, not Tintern Abbey. That's uh, Wordsworth. Dave, it's clearly Northanger Abbey. Northanger Abbey, thank you. It's clearly. Or I always said it, Northanger That was Abbey. embarrassing that you didn't know that. I know. So anyway. Yeah, Backward Dragons reached January of 2021. More updates soon. Warn us about COVID. Warn us. <laughs> Be well, all you sneakers, John. Also, thank you, John. Thank you so much. Here's a little poem oh. from John. Okay. In honor of St. Patrick's Day. Which was very recent for us. It was yesterday, I believe. Right? Yesterday? Okay. Here yeah. we go. Let's go on. This. Come on in. Ik I'm of Ireland and of the Holy Land. Of Ireland, good sire, pray ik thee, for of sainty charity, come and dance with me in Ireland. Ireland. Fuck off. <laughs> Did I say I, I to notes? I can tell you're not a novel reader. You didn't empathize with me at all. Mm, that's true. Because you're not a lady. <laughs> Only I ladies think, deserve empathy. I do think that's true, though. I think the people who read novels are more empathetic than people who uh, don't. Shit. Sorry, I'm reading Chris Roberts' thing now here. saying, like, celebrity name that's a real name. I give you the fabulous Randy Rainbow. Good God, that's a real name? Oh, my God. I like Randy Rainbow a lot. But holy shit. Who's Randy Rainbow? He is a singer, a uh, comedy singer that usually is... Uh, uh, addressing the uh, issues of the day okay. through uh, song. I see. Spectacular. Uh, uh, he was uh, very good at uh, you know going after Trump's... Uh, a real Mark Russell. I'm sure he would love that. <laughs> don't know. Oh, Jimmy Carter? Oh, Jimmy Carter. Don't you know your president's a real non-starter? Give your peanuts up. They are not VI peanuts. Um, and he's on, this is a weird thing the other day. Uh, because Mark Russell used to be on uh, Real People. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. right. That's right. Yeah. Right. He used to be on Real People. And, you Doing know. sort of a Tom Lehrer bit. What's that? Tom Tom Lehrer is obviously his his sort of uh, yeah. He's like he is a very watered down Tom Lehrer. Yeah, very watered. I mean, they yeah. technically are he's both. P- he's PBS level Tom. They are both both technically the same species. <laughs> That's correct. And he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Sure. But uh, the other day uh, we were talking about places to pitch certain things that shows that I'm uh, pitching. And uh, uh, the the Weather Channel got brought up as and a place to pitch. As a pitch that actually would actually work for a thing we're doing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and and I went like, oh, I was just listening to a podcast, and that was bought uh, a while back by Byron Allen. And uh, and uh, he yeah, bought yeah. a podcast. You know, he bought to the Weather Channel. He bought the Weather Channel. Here's the thing. Yeah. Byron Allen. Yes. Is. So rich, really is so rich. Byron Allen. Do you know how he became so rich? Yes, by people underestimating Byron Allen. (laughs) Yeah, he was on a he was on a podcast, and and he just went through like all the things that he 
had done and acquired. And he's like, there's some major football team he's about to buy. Like, yeah, yeah. Shortly. Uh, but yeah, you kind of know him from, he was on Real People as well. Of course, that's where you know him from. That's where you know him from. And yeah. then you know him as like a comedian that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. And he's got a, a weird uh, uh, talk show where he sits with four comedians and and just throws to their bits, which is just like turning like, hey, Dave, you got a problem with pandas, right? And like, you know, yeah, I don't trust a bear that doesn't choose what color it's going to be. And, you know, does, does the thing. It's no good. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, you see him and you go, oh, that's what Byron Allen's doing. Yeah. Holy shit. Byron Allen has just made the best financial decisions and put his money in the right things oh. and bought the right properties and just worked his way up to the point where like I pretty sure he's a billionaire at this point wow but then he bought yeah the weather channel and you know and that's doing insanely well for him huh yeah now he's going to buy this major major football team i don't know enough about football but but yeah i was bringing this up to these people i don't know anything about weather who were all around my age or maybe a little older yeah and not a one of them had heard of byron allen mm -hmm. and i'm like mm -hmm. oh i know and like i wanted to say to them and because you haven't heard of him does not mean Ah, uh, nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> he's enormous. He's enormous. And it's like, ah. Oh. Well, he's enormously rich. I don't know if he's enormous. He, I think he's, an, well, yeah. But like in show business, he actually is enormous. Oh, okay. You know, you're asking like, is he, is he famous? Is he like Eddie Murphy famous? Of course he's not. No, no. But, but he's got more money than Eddie Murphy. Most likely. Yeah. Uh, not that money is everything, but it is power. It is sweet, sweet, delicious power. <laughs> If he wanted it's to disappear true. you, you'd be gone. Yeah. No one would ever talk, your, talk about you again. Yeah. It'd be like you had a podcast. <laughs> Crystal writes. Hello, Crystal, you sound. know who Byron Allen is, right? You don't know. Maybe, no. maybe you do. No way. No okay. way. Dave did. But I, I watch real people. Yeah. Dave's right in the pocket. Of I'm like right in the, the pocket. Right, right in the in pocket. The exact generational pocket to know who he but is. But Byron Allen is goddamn fascinating. Whoever does a... Uh, sorry, Crystal. I'll get right back to you. Uh, whoever does a biography of Byron Allen... Yeah. Whew, it's going to be interesting. As far as I know, he hasn't done anything evil yet. But he's going to become a billionaire. So, you know. He give, will. Him, give him time. He will. Crystal writes... Hi, guys. I'm just popping in to say hello and to make sure you know I am still enjoying the show. Thanks, Crystal. Thank you for popping by. I do appreciate by. Uh, the visit um, and checking in on us. Uh, I am a person who is uh, quite fond of some routines. And my routine <laughs> of which I typically uh, and my routine of when I typically reply to the week's questions has been getting waylaid with meetings. Uh, uh, this uh, which, of course, throws me off balance. And leaves me feeling a little guilty uh, for not responding. That's okay. I recently had a concussion. And I've been off balance for a, a month. Um, I'm, it's, I'm kidding. It's longer than a month. Anyway, the <laughs> CNN uh, anchor Wolf Blitzer has an unusual sounding name to mm, me. I can only good. imagine lots of teasing in school about being a big bad wolf. Blitzer. Yeah, Wolf Blitzer sounds like a Jack Kirby character from New Gods to me. <laughs> sounds like he would work for Dark sure. Side sure. with uh, Granny Goodness... Glorious Godfrey, uh, Desaad, Steppenwolf. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, re I relate. Uh, Scott Free. Scott Free would, would not be working for Darkseid, but yes, you're correct. Oh, I'm sorry. You'd be working for Darkseid. I'm sorry. I missed that part of it. I'm sorry. I was getting the names. I was getting Scott a lot of names. Free, you know what? I'm lying. Scott Free would, uh, during a short period of time, be working for Darkseid because he was traded uh, to Darkseid. They traded Orion and, and Scott, That's right. That's right. Scott Free, otherwise known as Mr. Miracle. That's how he escaped. He escaped from Darkseid. He yeah. escaped from Darkseid uh, with the love of Big Barda. Oh, yeah. Uh, who was one of Granny Goodness's um, uh, you know, minions. She was a, vol she was a Valkyrie. 
No, I think she was a Valkyrie. Oh, I thought she was. No, that's okay. Wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I believe other, you'll the, find the other ones were uh, Lashina, Mad Harriet. I think Screaming Mimi, I think, was another one. Um, oh, what were they called? They were called something. They didn't have a name. I'm, I'm but it was not wrong. Valkyries. I apologize. Sorry. Will you read and I'll look it up. Okay. Uh, I relate to too many fictional characters. Any of those characters I just mentioned? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> then I will move on to what you have to say instead of going on my nonsense. Uh, there have been times in my life when I have felt like every Austin heroine, uh, but I most question whether I am an Eleanor Dashwood wishing to lighten up a little or and be a Marianne, or am I a Marianne wanting to be more dependable and be in control of emotions like Eleanor, or am I really just Colonel uh, Brandon uh, wishing that everyone uh, who speaks well of me would remember to speak to me? Hmm. Uh, I took uh, the 16 personalities quiz once. It said I share the same personality as Elizabeth Bennett. Uh, I also think that uh, Victoria Winters may have a similar Myers-Briggs to mine. But then again, I tend to look for ways that people are similar and not different. Hmm. The girls at work and I went to see Murder on the Orient Express a few weeks back. Overall, I enjoyed the movie, but I couldn't help but uh, feel sorry for the other people in the theater. Nothing ruins a movie faster than a group of librarians whispering to each other about how a dress or undergarments aren't historically accurate, commenting on how characters were changed or multiples merged into new ones, or poo-pooing the extremely un-1920s dancing. Uh, can we say twerk? <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, that does make me laugh. And I assume it was the more modern version of uh, Orient Express. Uh, did you see the uh, Death on the Nile? I kind of liked it. Even though, you know, I thought it was unrealistic, but I still kind of liked it. Um, I've talked about that before. One final thing. You know how I joked a few months back about someone not returning Exorcisters? It kind of happened. Uh, but it was actually the first volume of Sparks I had to purchase another copy because you can't have the second one without the first. And you certainly can't have the second one without the third. Coming <laughs> out April 4th. Uh, so here's hoping that your revenue That's off true. each book uh, sold is more than 25 cents. Because I attended an author lecture once uh, where he said he only got 25 cents per hardback and 10 cents per paperback sold. I hope your publishing deal is much better than that. And there is one happy child who loves Spark so much that she or he kept it for eternity. A little heart symbol. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. I hope they I hope they did. Here's the thing in Canada. Uh, we have a thing called the Canada Council here. And they have a deal with libraries. So uh, I do profit off of uh libraries having my book and i just got my check for that and it was so decent uh, i took dave for uh, dinner last week that's true yeah so there you go decent. and it was so de decent I'm, I'm gonna take him for dinner this week too. no you're not no i am because it was good <laughs> so i'm gonna take him i'm gonna take him for one more dinner oh, you know boy. why because that was for book one this is for book two <laughs> book three isn't out yet so anyway Lucky that's what we're gonna do no honestly go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting it. Anyway, uh, so uh, so thanks to librarians for for stocking uh, those books. It is very much appreciated. And that is the end of the web thing. Uh, Peter Ayers. Peter Ayers. Uh, he was came in with a comment late last week. So if you he was working in the lab late last. So week. So if you go right. to episode five thirty five thirty five. 
5.35, it would be a treat. We're going to Or maybe it's 5.36. 5.36. I can't remember which. 5.36. Was it last week? Because last yeah. week was 5.35. 5.30. Or, no, no. Last no, week was 5.36. Week was 5.36 here. Yeah, yeah. 5.36. Well, there's nothing on 5.36, so they just went through them. So Oh, sorry. 5.35 then. 5.35 is, again, yeah. the one that I'm going to That's read right sorry, it's, now. It gets, it, gets, it gets too much after a while. It's all this so numbers Peter and Harris things. So, Peter Harris is... Uh, now, that week, we talked about... What's better, silence or saying something, even if you're not sure it's the right thing? Yeah. And do you and your significant other have any big differences or disagreements? And first, apologies to Peter that we missed your letter. We, you were on time. It's just that neither of us thought to refresh our, I didn't refresh my email and Ian didn't refresh his, uh, Web, website. So we missed your letter. So we apologize. Yeah, we always comment. refresh uh, when we go to pee. <laughs> After we come back, we refresh. Yeah. But we held it in last yeah, week. Last That's week our mistake. So Peter writes, sorry to put that in your mind before we read your letter. <laughs> evening, fellas. Hey, you're right. It is evening. How the hell did he know? What the heck? Oh, the guy's psychic. Uh, if I've timed this right, I should be able to slip a comment in at the last minute. Nope. Just like Indiana Jones <laughs> retrieving his hat from under a door. Nope. Fashioned from a gigantic block of granite and perfectly counterweighted so that it closes just slowly enough to create some dramatic tension. Nope. <laughs> I wanted to chime in on last week's question regarding... Last week? Oh, cripes. Okay. Last week's question regarding favorite murder mysteries. I'm with Chris Roberts and his annoyance at Agatha Christie's lack of fair play when resolving a mystery. Oh, I also have trouble worst. holding an overstuffed cast of characters in my mind's eye. A problem with many golden age murder mysteries. The classic fair play murder mystery film could well be Chinatown simply because we see and hear everything that Jake uh, Giddies Giddies, yeah. Giddies does and unravel the mystery alongside him. I know, I always cut my nose uh, in it just to get that cool feeling. <laughs> uh, the smart Alex satisfaction we and he get from unraveling the mystery is undercut by the gut-wrenching uh, fate uh, that the revelation sets in motion. I have a fond, great fondness for the short stories of G.K. Chesterton, uh, yes. which were postmodern classics. His Father Brown stories are very good. Uh, before there was a modernism to be post about. Uh, very <laughs> uh, the coziness of the era belies the outlandish setups, vibrant characters, witty puzzles, and outrageous solutions. Plus, the prose is a constant delight. I can't forget sunset clouds passing by in their purple pomp. <laughs> the only drawback, and it's a biggie, is the occasional clang of anti-Semitism. Yeah. What was going on at the turn of the century that led so many writers to be so horrible? My personal favorite, Holmes and Watson, are Clive Marison and Michael Williams in the uniformly excellent BBC radio adaptations by Bert Cools. Uh, the team adapted all 60 stories, then returned with 15 new stories inspired by references within the works. Of these, the Abergavenny uh, murder in particular is a particular delight. A bottle episode set entirely within the drawing room of 2221B playing out in real time. I might have to go and listen to it right now. Uh-oh. I think he's going to listen to it right now. <laughs> it's going to take a while if he's listening yeah, to we'll, it in real time. Uh -oh. No, well, I'm just going to... Okay, we'll see you later. And we're back. Thank you, Truncate Silence. Uh, I must also uh, make a last uh, mention of a brilliant, inventive, new two-volume French comic book, Dans les Têtes de Sherlock Holmes. Uh, this beautifully drawn and researched story is filled with clever ideas that could only work in the comic book medium, but which I don't want to spoil here. However, it's fair to say the central conceit is beautiful. As Sherlock thinks, we are transported into his head, 
which is rendered as the interior of a building filled with props, filing cabinets, and experiments all running in tandem. The art is stellar, and so far the book has been translated into German and Catalan, and hopefully English can't be far behind. Previews at, and there is a link. And that is Peter's letter. Yeah. David? Um, what's G.K. Chesterton, was, he had his brother, Cecil Chesterton, was was sued by the director of the Marconi Company, a guy named Jeffrey Isaacs, who was a, was Jewish, uh, which Chesterton, and was at the time, but, uh, there was a scandal. The, 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 um, there was insider training, trading happening with, with liberal party, uh, higher up than the liberal party in Britain, who were, were using information that was provided to them from, by the Marconi Company, by Isaacs, to, to do insider trading. Oh my gosh, we've been talking for more than two hours. Um, and, uh, and so, but Isaac sued him for this. And in England, oh, okay. England has very strict libel laws. So you, it's on, up to the defendant to prove his accusations rather than up yes, to the... Yes, it's different, yeah. And so, of course, his accusations were based on deduction and, you know, just looking at the facts of what was happening. He deduced that there was some sort of insider trading happening. And he made the claim, and then it was denied, of course, by the participants, including Isaacs, who then sued him. Uh, it was a case where everyone felt like they knew he was correct, but it was not provable, and so he lost the court case. He was fined a token 100 pounds, but but unfortunately, Chesterton not only took you know he took um, it very much to heart, and it really did influence him in a negative way. Mm. And I think also um, his uh, conversion to Roman Catholicism, which had a wide streak of anti-Semitism at that time, also didn't help. So, yeah, it's one of those things of of culture and uh, circumstances. Just because his brother really got dragged through the mud by it all, and it was really it really affected him quite badly. Oh, so, shit. so anyway, this to give a little re- possible reason not to excuse it because I don't think it's I think it's wrong to take one person and to uh, to um, broaden that into a race you know but unfortunately in those days that sort of easy anti-semitism was very much on people's people's uh, tongues I guess we should say you know it's interesting someone like Trollope who once again you know he was um, hounded by money lenders when he was younger that they came to where he worked at the post office and would dun him in his in his office you know, with other people around him and stuff like that. And, you know, for the most part, Jewish, you know, that was just the way it was those, in that time period. A yeah. lot of those, that was the sort of job that uh, just through cultural circumstances. Um, and so, yeah, he had this sort of very easy anti-Semitism early on in his books. But I guess he met someone one time and just said, well, why are you writing, like a Jewish person, he yeah. said, why are you so negative about Jewish people? And he's like, oh, so then he tried to change that, you know. But, yeah, it's one of those things that... Sometimes all that it takes <laughs> is that. And yeah. You, you go, oh... You don't think about it. Yeah, the yeah. Same, same thing like, you know, when he met uh, an actual feminist for the first time, an American woman, yeah. who, and she, you know, t- commented about things, and he's like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Okay. Yeah. I'll change what I'm thinking or how I think about this. So, yeah, it's just interesting. But anyway. Um, and so that was uh, our web uh, yes, letters. Was there, web any, letters. was there any emails? There were no emails for this All episode. Right, was there any uh, teletypes? There were no teletypes or telegrams, for that matter. Okay. Yeah, no oh, telexes. No, no international money orders were sent to us. Oh, okay. Well, and I, that's and a shame. I resented uh, any uh, Dogecoin. <laughs> this is my small hundred dollars in Dogecoin, which is getting smaller every day. Good, good, good. Wrong. I joined the wrong pyramid scheme. Ugh, I know. I've mentioned this before, but I was offered a job in you know whatever you call you know the other verse 
the metaverse. Yes. What the hell? Sure, sure. Bullshit. Ah, oh, so frustrating. And non-fungible, non-fungible yeah, tokens. Yeah, yeah, it would involve NFTs. Well, just so you know, it inspired a title card last week. I appreciate that. That's the one good thing. It's always <laughs> delightful seeing your title cards. By the way, if you haven't seen Dave's title cards, you're new to uh, our, our, our game here. Uh, go to SneakyDragon.com, and there uh, we have like an art section. And, and part of the art section is uh, old title cards that Dave has done, which are just fan-freaking-tastic. So good. S- so some beautiful. Of them. Some of them are great. I'm uh, I'm going to try and frame some of them and uh, put them in the office. That'd be nice. Yep. I, we, cool. Our friend uh, Nina is going to be having um, a kind of get together in the other room that is adjacent to here, and so mm. I'm like, I got to class up the place. Sure. Yeah. You know, Nothing classier than some lame parodies. Of yeah. Before the straights come. Old come old in. cultural uh, things. I got to make it look like something. Also, yeah. Uh, my neighbor who I'm looking after the cat. Mm. Uh, he's got a podcast, and his podcast is really good. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called Heavily Pixelated, and it's about uh, how um, video games can help, have helped people through tough times. Okay, okay. Uh, It's really, really great. And the, the most recent one had my friend Nick Harrison on talking about, it wasn't video games, but it was Star Wars, mm. how Star Wars helped him through uh, some, some really horrible stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I assume at some point now, uh, my neighbor is going to come by here, and i got to make my podcast area look decent now. Sure, sure. You, know, you can't be like some mook. <laughs> you know, uh, just like uh, have a bunch of toys uh, strummed around, uh, stuff like uh, maybe an exercise bike in the corner, uh, maybe a Nintendo Switch, maybe a space heater. I can't have that. I can't let him see how I live. That's a couple right. of sneaky dragon statues. Can't. Well, those, those look, are like a, look like a goddamn fool. <laughs> I love her statue. Oh, the country club, Dave. The country club. They'll <laughs> kick me out. Uh, so, yeah. So that is the uh, end of our uh, viewer mail. Cool. Our viewer listener well, let's, mail. Well, let's think of some questions then. Well, here was a question I was thinking. Okay. Because I was getting into this coachman thing. Uh, who do you think yeah. is, uh, who's your favorite? Uh, it could be favorite or just, you know, who do you think is the best? Uh, villain mm. in literature. The best villain in literature. Yeah. Mm. Villain. Yeah, yeah. I know you can do movies if you want. That's fine. Yeah, but yeah. like I'm, I'm really aiming it for like books. Books. Okay. Best villain in a book. Yeah, best villain in a book. Okay. And the coachman is called the coachman in the Pinocchio books. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike the blue fairy, who's like, you know, hey, turquoise head. Best villain in literature, I would say John Milton, the poet John Milton, who oh. who argued that uh, King uh, King Charles should have his head cut off. Okay. There we go. Very, you know, it's pretty villainous for an author to uh, argue that someone should be murdered. Yeah, that's pretty villainous. Uh, I'd say also uh, uh, Sam from Green Eggs and Ham. Sam? Yeah. Because he won't eat Greg's egg? Or because he's insisting that someone eat Greg's egg? Well, there's a fella who does not want to eat the clearly poisoned meat. (laughs) And and, and he badgers him. Yeah. Like using the same techniques that the CIA does Mm -hmm. to just break him down. Yeah. And then finally he doesn't know left from right, up from down. And he eats it, and not only does he eat it, he he enjoys it. Yeah. And uh, it's green ham. He's going to die. Well. He's going to die. The thing that you don't know about the story is that that, it's all plant-based. It's a plant-based diet. That's why he didn't want to eat it. He was projecting the idea of having like an organic or vegetarian diet. Well, I need to have it be called ham with like two M's. (laughs) Some of that crap. Then you know it's John Ham. Yeah. He's eating a human. Yeah, he's eating... It's a well-known fact Well, that, then it's meat, isn't it? Then, it's a well-known fact not, that Dr. Not, Seuss was... It's not plant-based uh, if it's John Hamm. He's a vegetable. He's a vegetable. Yeah. He's a vegetable. He's a vegetable. <laughs> um, all of you. The uh, fact that it was a well-known fact that Dr. Seuss was involved with MKUltra. 
Most of his books come out of that. Yeah, we know. Yeah. They're dictated. It's weird. It's weird that you would bring that up. <laughs> Do you know the sea is made of water? Yeah, duh. Okay. So that was one question. What, what would you say is like a second question? Uh, second question? Yeah. That we're not going to steal from someone who already Oh, yeah, yeah. Go for one? it. Go for it. What was what was that question? I can't remember right? anymore. It's it's on, on your computer screen. Yeah, it says do stuns. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'll uh, write it on the write it on the website. Yes, of course you will. So check out our website, please. There, that's where you'll By find the way, it. we mentioned that question. earlier uh, we do have a Sparks book coming out, uh, which is a series of books that Dave and I do. Uh, I write them. Dave colors them. Nina Matsumoto draws them. And hey, uh, one's coming out in April uh, April fourth. Uh, uh, we're not sure when we're doing a signing yeah. here in. But that's pretty soon, isn't it? Yeah. That's great. Uh, we're not sure when we're doing a signing here in Vancouver. We're going to be doing one at Kids Books. Um, so when we know, we'll let you know. Yeah. If you're in the area, please come and say hi. And uh, if not, just uh, pick up a copy from your local bookshop seller. And if you did pre-order, double plus good. Uh, and if you uh, want your book uh, to have a book plate that's signed by me, Nina, and David, here's all you have to do. Huh? Uh, and I'm not saying this because it's the same thing as the letters. <laughs> yeah, it feels like we're going to say the same address twice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just write us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. And hey, we will send you one too sweet. You will give us your, what you do is you go, can I have one? I'll go, yeah. And I'll go, how about that address? And you'll go, oh, yeah, right. And then you'll give us your address and then we'll we'll send it to you. It's that simple. May I even send you a bookmark. That simple. We got them behind us. Just like They're that. gathering dust. <laughs> No, they've been go flying off the shelves. They go flying off the shelves. By the way, you can have one if you've got like our past books as well, Sparks and uh, Sparks Double Dog Dare as well. That's fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And hey, it's for horses. If you which reminds me of a podcast, you do. yeah, hey, it's for horses. Hey, if you are interested in horses, if you're interested in mysteries, my wife and I, my wife Lisa Williamson and I have a podcast. Let's face it, she has a podcast called Horse Mysteries. Right, and that's how she affords those nosebleed seats. Yes, that's how she. That's that's where. Yes, that's how she can afford to sit in the cheapest seats at the Vogue Theater in Vancouver. And hey, it's a movie theater though, so you know the seats were fine. Like, it's, there's no there's no seats where you're like miles away from the stage. Yeah, well, let's play back uh, Dave's clip earlier. About it. <laughs> oh, <David>. oh. <laughs> just playing it up. Just having some fun. Just having a good old time. Just have, I was having. I was having fun. Maybe at someone's they, expense. They weren't. I was having a yeah, good that's time. Fine. Yeah. Why is that bullying? <laughs> uh, why isn't it bullying? Because I'm no, a dad. Why is it bullying? Yeah, because I'm a dad. Oh, there you go. That's why it's not bullying. <laughs> Ian's making gestures. But they're friendly gestures, mm-hmm. in, case you, in case you were wondering. Not bullying gestures. Oh, mm-hmm. no, not at all. Everyone, let me tell you, you can respond to the questions for this week. What are those questions? We don't know. But the questions are, who can prevent forest fires? <laughs> and... Who cannot prevent forest fires? A sponge. A sponge can't prevent forest fires. I don't know. Even if it was wet. Okay. It can't do much. It'll dry out real fast. Everyone, you can write to us. It's uh, We have a website called sneakydragon.com. You'll find the shows there. You'll find the comment section there. Leave a comment there. If you'd like to email us, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, please feel free to email so I'm not just sitting here drinking water and eating dry crackers. <laughs> Stupid I'm trying Lent. Trying to whistle. Stupid Lent. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to whistle. <laughs> and then we have we have a Facebook page called Sneaky Dragon. You can see stuff there. That's where I posted the uh, non fungible token illustration for this week's or last week's show. And uh, we're on Twitter. 
I also posted a picture there too on Twitter. I have to admit, it's not it wasn't it wasn't exclusive to Facebook. Anyway, is that the problem we have? Yes. Any anywho, one of six. One of six. Uh, go there, and you can see uh, stuff that we do on Twitter, which isn't very much either, because we have our own Twitter things, and I'm not even that hot and heavy on mine. Anywho, now that I've sold those so well, thank you for listening to the show this week, everyone. It was another great show. I think we'll all agree. Fantastic fun. A lot of laughs from Ian. A lot of <laughs> nothing for me. Ooh. And peace out. Ooh.